and welcome to the first episode of Loss of Down. I am your host, Stephen Weed, and of course, joining me, my main man from Pittsburgh. I don't know why he lives there, why he keeps coming down to Columbus, Mr. Wally Lukashensky. How are we tonight, my man? I'm doing great, Steve, and I'm looking forward to talking a little bit of football with you. We've been planning this for months now, so it's about time we actually get to do it, and this is a lot of fun. Let's talk football, baby. It is finally back. Of course, if you know if you know me, if you know Wally, you know that we like to be fashionably late on things. So we're starting, of course, right after the first Thursday night football game to kick off the season. I mean, would you have it any other way? No, it's like you said. All we do is fa- be fashionably late. It fits who we are as people. And honestly, they're going to get to know us the same way. This is perfect. It's probably going to be this way, too. You're going to get us fashionably late every single week. Because we're going to be releasing these on Friday morning right after the Thursday night games. Yeah, but it's more of a tradition at this point. I think that's uh, I think that's cool. It's like, hey, Friday morning, you wake up, it's Friday, and now we got loss of down that we can listen to to hopefully get us through the weekend here. Uh, a little bit of background of what we're expecting this podcast to be. Loss of down. What do you think that it would be? Because it's going to be about football. It's going to be about gambling and hopefully getting you out of that hole that you've dug yourself in financially. And hopefully that we can be the people to help you out. I mean, people talk about you saying you cannot chase. I disagree. My mentality is every loser is just one bet closer to your next winner. So we're going to keep funneling them out no matter how bad we start losing here. You can't be scared. If you're scared, go to church. And I am not going to church. Scared money don't make money, man. Exactly. So we will uh, We'll get right into it. We'll do some intros here, of course. Like I said, my name was Stephen Weed, originally from North Carolina, now residing in Columbus, Ohio. Been here for the about last seven years. NFL, Green Bay Packers, all day long. If you ever want to question it, I have a picture of when I'm about one and a half, two years old with a Packers hoodie on as well. As a Syracuse, at the time, Orangeman <laughs> basketball hat. So I, I reside in Syracuse, New York for my Orange college basketball. I got the Green Bay Packers up in Wisconsin for my football team. And I'm from North Carolina. I make no sense. I'm like that stupid dog you look at and you're like, that's a mutt. I don't know what it is. We should get it tested to figure it out. But he is not from this world. Well, here's the thing, Steven. I'm going to make it easy on you. I'm from Pittsburgh, so you know what everybody at home sitting there thinking right now. We got another Yinzer Steeler fan on the line. Problem is, like Steven, I don't play by the rules. I'm from Pittsburgh. I might be a Pirate fan. I might be a Penguin fan. Ohio State graduate. Everything in the local area. I screwed up when I was young. I followed the Raiders. The Oakland Raiders, that was. Now Las Vegas. But it was the same kind of thing. Where For me, growing up, uh, that was a Bengals fan in Pittsburgh. I didn't want to add to that suffering. Not to mention, the Raiders' uniforms are the best in sports. Not just the NFL, in sports. The silver and black, there's nothing more iconic. I grew up in the air with Rich Gannon, Tim Brown, Doug Jolly, Jerry Rice, all these studs. It was a blast. I knew we'd be good my entire life. And the last 18 years happened. But that's okay, Steven, because what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the future of the NFL, and we're going to talk about the future of why teams like the Raiders are looking up. Yeah, and I'm going to have a lot of Cleveland Brown homers listening to this, so we'll get to you guys sooner rather than later, so do not do not worry whatsoever. So what are we going to talk about here first? You want to go with division winners? You want to go with potentially over-unders? Maybe a little bit of both, Wally? For sure. I think it's a great idea to start with division winners, at least give a kind of a background of where both of our minds are at, because 
there's a lot of things that you and I agree on and are very close, but there's a lot of things that you're going to get to hear where we couldn't be more, like, against each other. So this, I think Division Winners is the perfect start for you guys to get to get a sense of where our brains are at. So, Stephen, after you, let's get going. Let's start with uh, said Browns, division at least. we got the AFC North. We are in Ohio. That's where half of the division resides. I can't pick anyone but the Ravens to win this division. Maybe the Steelers, but that's if Lamar Jackson all of a sudden you know, gets a horrible injury. Hoping that he doesn't, not saying that I want him to, but it's just a realization that happens when you have a mobile quarterback like that. How about you ask his backup, Robert Griffin III? Uh, I have them winning. I have them going 14-2 and this year, and that's kind of a stretch because I think that they can go 16-0. and Eh, I think they can go 15-1, and but they're gonna. I think they're going to beat the Chiefs. And that's going to be the tiebreaker to ultimately give them that number one seed and potentially get them over that playoff hump that they cannot get over these last couple years, or really since they won the Super Bowl. See, I, here we go. Already going to disagree. <laughs> I could not disagree more with the fact that you think that the Ravens are going to beat the Chiefs. I think tonight was already proof that, if anything, this team got stronger. So I cannot, no, I don't care if it's in Baltimore in front of the 10,000 people that are going to be allowed to be there right now with COVID. They're not beating this Chiefs team. That Chiefs team's going to want to have home field. They're going to win that, and they're going to get the bye. With that being said, I agree with you. The Ravens are the best team in this division, top to bottom. Until there is some kind of way to figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson consistently, I don't see how anybody else could win the division. Pittsburgh's going to be a threat. They're going to win 10-plus games. They're going to be in the playoffs. Their defense is loaded. Big Ben looks healthy. He's got zip on the ball, and he looks like in like the best shape that... At least we've seen him. But, again, I have the Ravens coming out of that division as the division winner with 12 wins. So, I I don't know. It'll it'll be close. I think it's a lot closer than people think. It really might come down to those two matchups with the Steelers. And for the record, we have have already started. It is post-Kansas City against Houston, where Kansas City went on to win. What did it end up being? 31 Okay, I, it was actually 34-20 to 20 tonight, Stephen. A lot of late scores there in the fourth quarter for the Texans made it look a lot closer than it really was. I'm not too happy. Uh, I'm playing one of my buddies in fantasy in the various fantasy leagues I have, Mr. Todd Vicious, the tall, lengthy Lithuanian, as we call him. Stupid fuck. But he uh, he had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he put on a show in his first game as a rookie, and he's taking the early lead on me in the league. But I am, uh, I'm, I'm going to be coming back, Toddus. Don't you worry, kid. See, that's what it's all about here. We're a resilient bunch, and we're going to continue to keep throwing losers out there, whether that's gambling, whether it's fantasy football. But guess what? We're always going to be there at the end of the day. Wally and we don't disappear. Yeah, we're like your ex that every time you, right when you break up with her, every time you turn around, she's at the restaurant, she's at the mall, she's at the movie theater. Seems like she's stalking you. That's what we're going to be like. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm the uncomfortable person you don't get in the van with, basically, is what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. If I saw you with a van, oh, man, I'd move across the country. I would rather go to burning California than get anywhere close to a van you're in. Which is hilarious because I'm probably the person most likely to have candy in a van. Like, legitimately, out of anybody in the world asking. No one's really seen him, but he's more likely to have candy wrappers in the van than actual candy. That's so, I'm, so wrong. <laughs> That's so wrong. I had I had to do it to you. But if we want to stay in the AFC North uh, at least a little bit... Um, Next team up, I have the Steelers going 10-6 and six and actually taking the sixth wild card spot, which was the final wild card spot last year. But now, 
It's the second to last, which is great. I have them at ten and six. You cannot. Big Ben is coming back. He's looking slender. He look. He's looking like he's in top. Let me break down this bathroom stall shape, you know. And he's ready. And he's ready to ball. And hopefully, the rest of the Steelers are ready. And I know, especially that defense is. They were one of the best in the league the last half of the year. So I'm very eager to see how they're going to perform. And I'm very sorry, Browns fans, but this is not a rebuild year, but this is your year to get it together. You have no offseason with the new head coach. Just be patient one more year. Baker will have a Baker will have a good enough year where they'll bring him back for year four, and then you guys can have your time. But for right now, it's the Ravens and Steelers, the top two out of that division, going in the number one slot and then the sixth, number six wild card. See, I completely actually agree with you here, Steven, because – yeah, the Steelers, to me, they're a 10-6, they're at a 16. I have a, completely agree. It's interesting right now because in Pittsburgh media, people are all over Juju Smith-Suster for not being, in their words, a quote-unquote number one receiver. I guess for me, it's going to be interesting to see how that offense responds to the, all the criticism they got this year because we're back to old-school Steelers football right now. Defense is unreal. Offense is suspect. And when that happens, those damn yinzers in stiller country are not going to be happy and they're going to continue to get on their team and Juju's young people keep reading this kid's like 21 22 years old it's that's a lot of pressure I could see him not being a Steelers uniform going forward if things don't go well on a good news if you are a Browns fan I'm going to throw the the silver lining out there I disagree with Steven with the expansion of the playoffs now you're looking at effectively half the AFC getting in there I have them as my 17th they're number seven for me. They're in at nine and seven. And the crazy part is, too, is I don't have them starting particularly hot, but I have them getting really hot down the stretch. For me, as bold as Steven and I want to talk about this, I actually had the Browns starting one and seven before ripping off an eight-game win streak to end the year. That's not going to happen. That will not happen. This is, by the way, recommend out there, if you guys like to do these, like, guess the team's records, instead of just doing it by one team at a time, Playoffpredictors.com, it's great. You can actually pick every single game for every week, and it spits out the formula for you. So I didn't know I was doing this at the time, but their back half of their schedule is super manageable. I mean, you have the Eagles at home. You have the Jaguars. Titans a little tough on the road. Baltimore's not easy, but then you have the Giants, the Jets, the Steelers at home the end of the year. A lot of winnable games there. You have to do it if you're going to be a playoff team. If this Browns team is what people think they can be, there's no reason why they can't win six of the final eight games this year. But, Steven, I want to switch gears here. Let's go down to the AFC South. So we already got a couple down here. Getting close to the best division in football, but we'll hold off for another minute on that. The South, though. I was a a little skeptical on Houston going into tonight. Thought that maybe there was a chance that they could give Tennessee a fight in my eyes. Tonight just showed to me that they're just a tier behind those elite teams. They're not quite ready yet. Deshaun Watson just doesn't have the weapons around him. And when you lose Hopkins, this is what you're going to see. I have Tennessee going 10-6. and six. I I am way high on Mike Vrabel. I'm a big Mike Vrabel guy. He's an outstanding defensive coach. When you bring in Jadavion Clowney this late, I mean, that's huge for a defense like that. They're already one of the most balanced offenses in the entire league. I love Derrick Henry. I love what that offense can do. You get another year with A.J. Brown progressing. Hopefully Ryan Tannehill settles in with the new offense. So for me, it's without a doubt. They're going 10-6. and six. I have them 5-1 and one in the division. To be honest, I, I had the next best team was Houston at 8-8, eight and eight, Indianapolis 8-8 eight eight as well. I don't know if it's going to be that close. I just I just truly believe Tennessee is like a substantially 
enough better team that we will not have to worry about this division come week 16, week 17. Steve, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it's so hard, especially after uh, we just watched what the Texans were not able to do against the Chiefs. And I have the and I have the Texans winning that division at ten and six, but I also have Tennessee being at ten and six, and they're tying. Essentially, the Texans are going to be taking the tiebreaker home with the division record, or a, you know, better record against Tennessee. It's just yeah, when you lose a player like DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, and you add well, you have three subpar wide receivers if that between Randall Cobb Kenny Stills Will Fuller if he ever wants to play all right he stays healthy if he if he wants to stay healthy but at the end of the day all Bill O'Brien does is just win division championships he's won four in his seven years that he's been in Houston now outside of last year he cannot get out of the first round sorry he can't get out of the second round he always beats the Cincinnati Bengals or the Oakland Raiders with Connor Cook as their starting quarterback. Whoa, 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 whoa. Connor Cook. Yeah, no kidding. But that's the Titans game. You just said it. They're slotted into that 430 at Saturday playoff game every year. They play some pus division champion or a garbage wild card team. Bill O'Brien's been handed and gift wrapped the dream job. And what's he done? He's taken the Rams at GM. And what's he do with that? He's trading guys like DeAndre Hopkins for picks. He's trading for Laramie Tunsil for massive picks. The guy's been a disastrous GM. I'm not knocking him as a head coach. I don't think he's a great head coach, but he's a decent head coach. What he's done as a GM is fireable in its own right, and I just can't get excited about this Texans team right now that he has single-handedly like deconstructed over the last few years. When you have a quarterback like Watson... He's expecting that he's he's going to be able to get any receiver open. But not when you have four of the same receivers on your team. You essentially have four slot receivers playing across the field. Yeah, Will Fuller. Okay, here's a fun bet, Wally. Who's playing more games this year, Will Fuller or J.J. Watt? See, that's the thing. What Do they add up to a full season? I don't think so. I don't think they do either. It doesn't happen anymore. J.J.'s good for about six games a year. If Will, that. Yeah, and Will Fuller's good for a couple games here, three games off. couple games here, three games off. So I just can't get – again, I can't get excited about this team. I don't think of myself as a Houston hater by any stretch. I just – there's nothing to be excited about there. Will Fuller, he's like Kawhi Leonard of the NFL, needs load management. Oh, I played 12 snaps. That's awesome. My hammy hurts. I'm out for the next month. Well, and I'll give him credit. Those 12 snaps he plays, he looks good. It's just the next 30 he misses. Now – I know I picked Houston to win the division. I have them winning, and I have them going in as the fourth spot in the playoffs. But I also have Tennessee going into the fifth. Same record, same division record. Obviously, Houston has more wins over Tennessee. That's when, that's what, that is what is going to get them over. But Derrick Henry, that's the man you do not want to see in late November, in December, in January. That man is so dangerous. He got two people paid this offseason. He had he got Ryan Tannehill and himself paid this offseason. That's how good of a runner he is. So I feel like I'm kind of contradicting myself about picking the Texans as an as the division winner. But at the same time, Tennessee hasn't done enough for me outside of the playoffs, which is one run in the past how many years? In the in the regular season, they're just eh. And then they'll turn it on. So you can't predict if a team is going to do that. They're going to make a late run. But if they were, I always preach it. A rushing attack paired with getting to the quarterback 
that's what's that is what is going to help you win and longevity in the playoffs unless you run into Patrick Mahomes. Well, the thing is too that I don't know what it is about Derrick Henry. Actually, you know what I do know. I don't have to say I don't know what it is. He's a big boy. The last time we've seen guys of his stature, what would you say, Brandon Jacobs back with the 0708 Giants, big strong boy, and then before that even you had Jerome Bettis. What happened with both those teams? It's like you said. You don't want to tackle these guys in cold weather. You don't want to tackle these guys after you've played 16 games in a regular season. Yep. As much as we realize in today's NFL, it is a pass-first league. I get that. But there are always exceptions to the rules. And when you have a guy like Derrick Henry, if he can continue to stay healthy, he himself alone can make that team a Super Bowl con- or contender. And with a defense like that, you only need... 20, 24 points in a playoff game to, to win. I mean, last year, they gave that Kansas City Chiefs team a complete run for their money. They upstaged the Baltimore team that everybody was, like, gift-wrapping their trip to KC in that year. Or, or the home field. That's my, that's my bad. They were gift-wrapping their home field the whole way. So, I mean, it's a team to be excited about. I'm really high on the Titans. Um, like I said, they're my division winner, but we'll see. It, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, only time will tell with this. Because, I mean, how often do you see a mediocre team like the Tennessee Titans make a run like this and then they fizzle out? First thing that comes to my mind is maybe they're a little bit better than mediocre, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, because they sold out for that. You know what they had? They had a great defense and they had a rushing game because Blake Bortles could not, he could not throw to anyone. I could throw better blindfolded. We don't talk bad about Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is the man. He's not even in the league anymore, Wally. Get out of here. Get out of here. You know what? I'm done with you. We're going to we're gonna pop down to the oh. AFC East now. Oh, Mike Hosey, if you are listening, it is about time, bud. It is about time. Your New England Patriots are going to go 8-8 eight and eight this year. And Buffalo is finally going to win that division. I have them going 11-5. Eleven and five, ten and six. I have them winning that division. Cause what have I been saying this whole podcast, let alone the rest of my life? You need rushing game and to attack the quarterback. Which that defense is filthy. That secondary is going to make you pay if that if for some reason you have a great O line and they and their rush can't get to you. That secondary can still make you pay. They have a two headed running monster as well as they just added Stephon Diggs. And I cannot wait for all the Josh Allen haters to shut up this year because he's had a he's had a solid first two years in the league. Yes, he rushes the ball a lot. He only has more. He only has less rushing yards than Lamar Jackson. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's on a pedestal when it comes to rushing yards. But Josh Allen has more rushing touchdowns. So I'm interested, and he has an arm. He has a cannon. There has been a conversation, a debate, you will. About who has a stronger arm, Pat Mahomes or Josh Josh Allen? Pat Mahomes has the strongest arm, but do not sleep on Josh Allen's arm. And I think people are finally going to see that with Stephon Diggs in their lineup. See, I actually would even make a, a case for Josh Allen having a stronger arm than Mahomes. The only issue with him is he's not been able to harness that strength real quick. Unlike Mahomes, where Mahomes, he has that touch on his ball too. If he's throwing a 55-yard fly route, it's going to land in the basket. If Josh Allen's throwing a 55 or 55 yard fly route, it's going to end up 65 yards downfield and about 10 yards out in front of his wide receiver. He has all the talent. The intangibles are there. It makes sense that he will take steps forward. However, 
if you guys have not known me, you're going to get to know me real fast. I am Reggie Raincloud all the time. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, until I see the Patriots not be the king of that division, I'm going to keep picking the Patriots. And here, I'm going to actually add an extra slap in the face to Bill's fans. I think they both finished 9-7, and seven, and the reason why the Patriots win the division is because they sweep the Bills in a regular season. So I am full-on prepared to be hurt and disappointed again by this New England Patriots team. I think Cam Newton will do enough, I, I think, and Kill Harry's going to take leaps and bounds. Can't think of those two tight ends off the top of my head for New England. Exactly. 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 Yeah, that's fine, but that doesn't matter because it's, it's New England. The two rookies are going to come in right away. They're going to they're both going to catch for like 400 yards, be awesome pass blockers and what we run blockers and we're going to end up seeing this Patriots team stumble in their playoffs. No, I don't think they're a Super Bowl threat, but I think they get in. I think the Bills will be a fringe team. I don't think they get in. And that bums me out cuz I think the world loves Buffalo. No one dislikes the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Their fans are just so great. Their fans are amazing. There's nothing like NFL fans, but you're right. I mean, Buffalo Bills fans, they're a different breed, man. They are something else, yeah, because they're used to not only being miserable because of the winter, but because of their football team. They're used (laughs) to that. You got to remember, this is nice and refreshing to possibly have a team that can go into the playoffs because they'd probably rather have this than go to the Super Bowl four straight times and lose. Get blown out two of those times as well. But Buffalo taking that. I got Miami 3-13. and 13. I got the Jets at 1-15. and 15. Adam Gase is gone by week six. Wow, I actually really like the Adam Gase call. I think that's actually a really fair point. Uh, my rundown of the division, I, like I said, Bills and Pats 9-7 and seven each. And then I have Miami. Actually, here, this might be one of the surprise teams. I don't think they're going anywhere. But I think it says a lot about Brian Flores and how talented he is as a coach. I have him going 8-8 eight eight this year. I think a lot of that has to do with the division's weak. There's a lot of wins in there, especially when you consider teams like the Jets exist. And like you said, I think you picked them 1-15 a minute ago? Yeah. I have them at 2-14, and 14, so we're very close on the— I stand by that. There, It's an incompetent organization, top to bottom. There's a few—I mean, the NFL really has a few where— most leagues are like, oh, wow, that's that team. It's the clown of the entire league. The NFL is like four. The Browns get nonstop shit. The Redskins, nonstop shit. And then who else? Um, let me correct Wally here. We got the Washington football the team. The Washington football team. Thank you. The first of many corrections on that this year. Thank you very much for that. And speaking of the Washington football team, we are going to get back to them in a little bit. You want to talk about my darling team. If they are not – or the Raiders, you throw them out – I have so many guys I'm pulling for the the Washington football team. Almost did it again. I did. I even started with the, but it's okay. We got it. We, we got to figure it out. But you guys are going to get so sick and tired of me. Or I'm going to get miserable by week five and you'll just never hear from me again. Steve will be doing this by himself. Yeah, and I'm and I'm more than okay with that. I'm sure I have a couple guys in my rotation that would love to join me on here. So That's I, perfect. So I'm okay. So we are finally, finally going to get to your division here. But before we do get to the to your division, the AFC West, that is, where the Kansas City Chiefs reside, right after the Chiefs beat Houston, the man DeAndre Hopkins that we were talking about just kind of just said a cryptic tweet that just came out. Oh, let me hear it, man. Oh, it just says it all. One word. Grateful. 
Oh. Not only did he say grateful, he added a period to the end of it. You know that all like you're, something to A, like you're supposed to, but B, our generation doesn't do that. But uh, for some reason, if you, uh, if you are grammatically correct in our generation, it's supposed to mean something cryptic. But that grateful, who? Well, now I gotta ask, did he spell grateful correctly? G R A T E? Or was it just the other way? The incorrect way? See, now you have to ask. This is <laughs> this is where your English degree from Ohio State's coming into play. Like, chill out, Wally. Who cares? He's he's grammatically correct. He's got the period at the end. Well, it's like you said, it, it reminds me big time of like when you have uh the girlfriend t- texting you and it's like everything's fine. And I'm like, oh sweet. But it's not fine. This I just think, I just think it's funny that yeah exactly. You're like, what's going on? You said it was fine. I just think it's funny that you uh, traded me to Arizona for David Johnson. Like that's actually super uber hurtful. Yeah, and I was like, and then meanwhile, David Johnson had a few nice plays, and I'm like, yeah, man, I appreciate it. I'm glad we're all on the same page. He did not mean it. Found that out. That ain't right. Yeah, I mean, David Johnson scored a touchdown. He. He was doing great tonight. I mean, there's only so much you can use a guy like him when you're trailing what 17 7 and a half. I mean, Houston jumped up in this game on what their second possession and then didn't score again until about 4 or 5 minutes left to make it look somewhat close. Then Watson scored again later to make it again a little bit closer on the scoreboard. Don't buy it. But that's fine. Again, let's throw the Texans out the window. They're dead to us, unless you have something else. It looks like you might have something. No, I just wanted to give you some updates here on David Johnson. Uh, 11 attempts for 77 yards with a touchdown, as well as adding three receptions for 32 yards. See, that's, that should be exciting. And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge draft running backs late, do not re-sign them person. And I know that's not fair for them. But it's all about productivity, staying cap-friendly, and you can always replace running backs. It is, yeah, again, it sucks to say, but they really are a dime a dozen at the, in the NFL. So I have a hard time trading a guy like DeAndre Hopkins for a running back until tonight we kind of thought might be washed. So Even we'll then, say. though, even then, you're going to trade DeAndre Harp, Hopkins, arguably the top three wide receivers in the league in the middle of his prime. It's not like he's 30 on the edge of his prime. The the uh, Cardinals just signed him to a two year fifty four point five million dollar extension. Oh, is that that really? has him till yeah. I mean, if you're if you're big into you know making money, <laughs> if you're big into like twenty seven point two five million dollars per year, then you'd be jacked about it. <laughs> Me, someone who doesn't you know not a real big fan of money, not a big money. I guy. guess that's okay. Cool. But and by the time that contract's done, DeAndre's thirty two, and he will still have two. To possibly three, maybe even four years left. Well, look at the team he's on right now. Look who else is in that receiver room. Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Christian Kirk? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Christian (laughs) Kirk. That's what I was talking about. But look, Larry Fitzgerald. He's this old, reliable guy who does everything right. He still plays the game so hard. I mean, you hear the stat every year. It's one of those things where, like in baseball, you hear Tony Gwynn stats every now and then. Larry Fitzgerald's becoming that. He's a stat like disaster it's how crazy his stuff are he has more tackles in his nfl career than drop passes it's that's miraculous it's unreal it's a stupid stat that's how like that's how good he is he is stupid my favorite thing about larry fitzgerald how much do you hear this man talk well i was gonna say he's i mean he's just a class act all the way around but but 
to be a receiver and be like that, you don't have that. No, you don't. I don't know if that might be the new trend that's happening. DeAndre doesn't really speak that much. He'll speak, you know, if he feels necessary. Michael Thomas doesn't speak. Then you have, like... Unless you're on Twitter, and I love MT. I love my boy Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, but... guy. But my favorite, Dirty Birds, call him Julio. That man, all he does... He's the Kawhi of the NFL. He just shuts up and balls. Oh, and A.B., what about him? Oh, no, I just thought we were throwing uh, names in the quiet talk. Oh, no, we're not talking about players that can't play in this league again because he's a huge piece of shit. We're talking about actually elite receivers. It, you're talking about Raiders legend Antonio Brown. Please be careful <laughs> when you say that. Uh, too bad you guys cannot see Wally right now. He's actually wearing his 84 Antonio Brown Raiders jersey right now. That, see, that is a lie. What is not a lie is I do own one. That is not something I'm proud of. And maybe an impulsive buy. Maybe one of these days I'll put a picture out there on the Twitter for you guys where you can see me with the AB. I made a paper back, uh, lower back like plate that says booming on it. It looked great. I look great. Not a big deal. But I digress. Please, we'll talk about the AFC West. Now. That's a perfect segue to go into the AFC West. Was Raiders it? AB jersey. I, I love it. I love it. So here, I'm going to just start with this. Yeah, the Chiefs are going to win the division. Who cares? Yeah, they're really good. Who cares? Whatever. I'm sick of it. They're the most complete team in the NFL. Today was a nightmare. Clyde Edward Hilaire looks like a guy I'm going to have to worry about for the next decade. I'm sick of it already. Tyreek Hill had what looked like a pedestrian day. Still puts a touchdown in. Travis Kelsey looks as young as ever. Patrick Mahomes somehow looks even like more crisp than usual. I'm tired. I am tired. I am tired as a Raiders fan. I am so exhausted. Every time it looks like we have a decent team, I had to put up with the LT and Phillip Rivers Chargers forever. Then I had to put up with the Peyton Manning Broncos. Finally feel like I'm over the hump. Oh, cool. I have the next Tom Brady for the next 15 years in my division with arguably one of the best head coaches of all time. I'm exhausted. And you forgot to sprinkle in the fact that it looked like the Raiders were finally going to get over that that hump that they have been on, what? It seems like the last 15 years since your Rich Gannon days where Derek Carr, he's that guy. You have Amari Cooper. You got Khalil Mack. Derek Carr, that's not for Bill's Mafia. That's that's for that's for Las Vegas Raiders depression right there. You have all these. They're all gone. Derek, Derek Carr breaks his leg. Amari's gone. Khalil Mack is gone, which was the saddest day at that time. The roommate I had was a Raiders fan. I'm a Packers fan. Khalil Mack, I wake up with a Khalil Mack trade. Yeah, you were probably both miserable in that trade. Yeah, uh, I walked downstairs. We looked at each other. (laughs) Said, what the hell is going on? I started drinking. It was a work day. Yeah, see, here's the thing. You're going to set me off on a Raiders tangent for a minute, so I apologize. No, you don't. You're right, I don't. Here's the thing that people don't understand, it, it like, or it's somehow like it's one of those things that people forget because I think myself included, I took the Raiders for granted. I took Derek Carr for granted. All these things happened a few years ago. What people forget in that 2016 year, where the Raiders ultimately went 12 and four, they were 11 and three on Christmas Eve. Yeesh. Derek Carr was a front runner to win the MVP. The Raiders are up two or three scores. With like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, about to be 12 and 3 against Indianapolis Colts. I've got eggnog. I'm getting a little happy. I'm feeling a little good about myself. Thinking, hey, you know what? This is awesome. Raiders are going to win. It's Christmas 12 and 3. Next week, here, that, that's a crazy thing too. 
about to be 12 and 3, did not have the division wrapped up. Go 12 and 3. I'm all excited. I'm, I'm all excited. Like I said, set 10 minutes left. What happens? Guy rolls up on Derek Carr. And I can still see it vivid to this day. You see Derek Carr look at the camera right after he goes down, points at his ankle, and he says, It's broke. It's broke. My heart has not come back up from how far it fell. What? Like you alluded to, the Raiders, since 2002, in their Super Bowl appearance, lost to the Bucs. That was the only year they went above 500. They were 12 and 3 after that game. They lost to a non playoff threat Denver Broncos the following week. That loss cost them the division title because the Chargers went 12 and 4, had the tiebreaker over the Raiders. The Raiders then had Matt McGloin, XFL legend Matt McGloin, and, oh, <laughs> and Connor Cook, Walsh Jesuit, Ohio alum. Michigan State alum Connor Cook, that joke of a person, was the quarterback. And the Raiders lose. The only year we got to pretend to have fun and be a playoff team. And what happened? I just, you said it. We have been so close for so long. And yeah, you know what? People that get pissed off when people say we about their team, welcome to hell. That's all I do. So welcome. Yeah, this is our podcast. If you don't like it, then you can uh, you can fuck off and not listen. We're going to say we, just like you probably say we about Ohio State, Good. about the Browns, about if some reason I have a friend on here that's a Bengals fan. Um, if you are a Bengals fan, please stop listening because come on now. Come on. That's shout you out, shout out, shout out to Shane Lee, my boy Nick Boyer as well. If you're a Bengals fan, you, you have earned the right to say we. The 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 lost down podcast, loss of down podcast. There it is. There it is. That podcast has given you the right of way. If you say we, you have a we salute you. We salute you, sir or woman. So congrats. But anyways, yeah. So to a real quick Raiders, I'm excited. Defense looks good. Jonathan Abrams back after missing almost all of his rookie year. Max Crosby's a, nothing but a problem. He is, and even myself when I was overly critical of the Clean Farrell. Uh, draft way too high. When you had Max Crosby, it makes it look like you guys know what you're doing a little bit. Cleveland Farrell didn't have a bad rookie year, just not what you'd expect out of a top 10 pick. Um, you brought in this uh, offseason, you brought in uh, Littleton, you brought in, how do you say, Nick Kwiatkowski, or however, that former Bear? I was going to say, he's a linebacker. Uh, Good, get out. Get <laughs> out of say, my he's division. He's a captain in our defense this year. And Again, our, our defense. Thank you, guys. It's what we're saying. Damon Ardett, like I said, he looks like to be a stud. I'm excited about the defense. I have him 10 and 6. Uh, I know I've rambled. I won't ramble about all the teams like this, but you guys are going to learn. My heart is silver and black. Raiders go 10 and 6, 5 seed. They might even sneak out a playoff with. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Steven, tell me I'm crazy, please. You are crazy. The reason our, the reason our heart is silver and black is because the our, our diet. Lack thereof, I guess we should say. So we should probably go get that checked out. Sure. I have Kansas City going 14-2. and two. I don't have them missing a beat. I do have them losing to Baltimore, though. Eventually, Baltimore being the number one pick, have, holding the tiebreaker ahead of them. Number one seed, I should say. Holding the tiebreaker over Kansas City. But I do have the the Vegas Raiders. God, that's it just rolls right off the tongue. I do have the Vegas Raiders at 9-7. and seven. Chargers 7-9. Broncos 4-12. Four and, four and but I have the Raiders being the seventh seed. And this year... The final wild card spot, which is awesome. Yeah, which makes me think, though, if you have us at a seven, you have us matching up again with the Chiefs in that first round. 
Yeah, you guys are going to see the light of day. It was nice while it lasted. Talk about a black hole, bud. Oh, my gosh. See, that's the thing. I'm tired of losing to Chiefs twice a year. I don't think I'm ready to do it three times. It's going to be bad enough. It's really hard to beat a team three times. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> well, see, last year what I even forget is that first game week two against the Chiefs, the Raiders were up 10 nothing going into the second quarter. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I got way too big for my britches. I was sitting in my buddy Josh Hoffner's basement. I was drunk. I was partying. I told everybody the Raiders were a problem to look out. 25 minutes later, they're down 28 to 10 before halftime. My jaw still... I don't know what's going on here. It's just a fly route. It was mad and uneasy. <laughs> okay, it's still obviously getting to you, but she'd be, she'd be acting surprised. Pat Mahomes did that throughout the whole playoffs. He oh. does it all the time. I will never... The only time I'll ever be comfortable with the lead against the Chiefs is when the clock is triple zeros in the fourth quarter. And even then, I'm like, no, there's still a chance that these pricks are going to come back <laughs> against us. But we've digressed. We spent way too much in the AFC West. We should be spending this, we sh- we should be spending this much time in the NFC North. So let's flip it over the NFC side to the NFC West. Oh, I see what you did. You're being clever. You're saving the NFC North. Oh. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. I oh, like save that. yours for last. I can't save mine for last. We got a lot of criticism here. <laughs> So we, I'm, I'm gonna unfortunately have San Francisco winning this division again at 13 and three, with Seattle right behind them at 12 and four. I think ultimately, again, that last game of the season is going to be between Seattle and San Francisco again. Even I'm, I'm even gonna have Seattle winning that game, and it's still not gonna be enough because of loss early on. So it's gonna, it's gonna hurt. But San Francisco, they haven't. They've arguably gotten better because they haven't gotten worse. Yeah, they let go of Emmanuel Sanders. Not like they were really passing that much in the first place. But, you know, they got rid of Matt Breda. So they're going to have a two-headed running monster as opposed to a three-headed running monster. Their O-line is still in tip-top shape. What was it? Uh, Joe Staley? Yeah, Joe Staley. I believe he retired, but they ended up trading – for Trent Williams from the Washington football team. So it's like they really never missed a beat. Now, even though Trent Williams is a little bit, maybe slightly out of his prime, but at that point, if you're an O-lineman and you can stay on your knees for 30 minutes of a 45-minute game, then that's good enough that that they'll take it. So uh, the defense is, that defense is going to lead you so far. Once again, Wally, how many times must I say it? You need to have a defense with a pass rush and a rushing game, and that's exactly what the San Francisco 49ers have. I still don't really trust Jimmy Garoppolo, but if your safety valve is George Kittle and that's really your true number one, which he's not really going too, too far down the field, then you're going to you're gonna take that. So I have them at 13-3 and three as the number one seed in the a- NFC, unfortunately. Going to have Seattle as the sixth seed. This sounds deja vu from last year. Deja vu is all I can say. <laughs> Crazy enough, we are, again, very similar. I actually have San Francisco at 13-3 as well. Usually would have a bye, but I have them as my two seed instead of the one. You did have them as your one, correct? Who's that, San Fran? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, okay, so I had San Francisco as my two. Um, The thing is, is I just used the word to describe the Chiefs, complete. The 49ers are as close as it gets to complete in the NFC. I, uh, like you, Steven, think that Jimmy G leaves a little bit to be desired at the quarterback position, but all Kyle Shanahan has done in the last five years in the NFL has made offenses look good. People forget he made a Browns offense look good five years ago. He might still be there had it been not such a dumpster fire that he basically forced his hand out. He goes to Atlanta, 
He is OC of the best Atlanta Falcons offense maybe ever. And they lose. They choke. And then last year, 49ers make it. They're up by two scores midway through the fourth quarter. Choke and lose. It is a genuine shame that Kyle Shanahan is establishing that reputation as a loser of the Super Bowl, of the big game. Because I think that there's 28 teams in the NFL right now that would do anything to have Kyle Shanahan as their head coach. Uh, but like you said, too, Staley's gone. Trent Williams, yeah, he might be a little out of his prime. But going back to Kyle Shanahan and talk about how great he is, that offense is designed to hide flaws. When you have that zone running, look how well they did. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFL in 2020, 2020 we're talking about a guy that's throwing 15 times a game sometimes. If that. To, yeah, to win. I mean, the team is loaded. The defense is solid. The line's great. Yeah, it's a two-headed monster instead of three this year. That's not a problem the way they run the ball. And so, yeah, I have them at 13-3. I'm like you. Seattle's six. At, I have them at 11-5. I just love Russell Wilson. If he, I just wish he had more of a complete team around him. We got to see it early in his career what that's like when he had LOB, Legion of Boom there. Uh, should have had two Super Bowls, but we don't run the ball with Marshawn Lynch into one. Makes a lot of sense. Oh, on first and goal, why not? No, why would I ever do that? <laughs> well, and then to round out this division, I have the Cardinals going 5-11 and 11 and the Rams going 4-12. and 12. Both of these teams have pieces there. There's, there is reason for optimism going into this year, but I just can't see it. Uh, I, think, I think Kyler Murray has the potential to be a special quarterback. That offense has a lot of key pieces there. I just think it's going to take a little bit more time. He only played like as a starting quarterback in college for a year. Goes to the NFL. Last year was a little tough. He's in a very hard division. I just say be patient with the guy. Even if you guys do go 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 in that range, there's a future there. I just don't think the future's yet. Rams, they're a joke. I'm not worried about them at all. They've got those stupid new bone cream jerseys that I'm ready to hate already. It's going to be a great year. Steven, tell me I'm wrong about that. I don't really like agreeing with you, but I guess I'll do it on this on this point. Yeah, I mean, I personally have the Rams at 10 and 6. I think there's some gimme games at the end of, that the NFC West is that you know, they are going to be playing in. But I still think at the end of the day, Sean McVay still has his offense. I mean, they were even they were still even a top twelve offense last year with kind of the dumpster fire you were alluding to that they are having on there. But then I also have Arizona at six and ten. It's still going to be one of those years where they're going to need another draft pick or two, maybe someone at that point to compliment DeAndre Hopkins because I think Larry Fitz is done after this year. So we'll see. But let's let's get this one over with, shall we? I'm ready. NFC East. Yeah, I don't think we can speed through this one even even quicker than we ever wanted to. See, there's nothing here to be... Okay, I, I, I know that people hate the Cowboys. I personally hate the Eagles because they're from that scumbag city of Philadelphia. There's nothing good that's ever come out of there. The only positive you guys have, the biggest hero of your city is a fictional boxer. You're a joke. Anyways, with that being said, the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this division at 11-5. and I love their offensive line. I'm obviously a Buckeye guy, so I'm really high on Zeke. I don't think Dak Prescott's the truth or anything like that. But in this division, I don't think he has to be. He has enough weapons around him to help lead them to a actual division title this year. And on top of that, Mike McCarthy looks like he's done a lot this year to 
at least changed the way he used to coach, which is exciting if you are a uh, Cowboys fan. And again, I, I'm not high on the Eagles. I have them. Here's the crazy thing: I have them at ten and six, but missing the playoffs somehow, which made me quite happy. But the biggest surprise from this division here, and I know I don't have them doing great record-wise. I have them at seven and nine. Keep your eye on the Washington football team. They have pieces there. There's a lot to build on. They're just at the the, the right on the other side of the, the rebuild. You got your quarterback. And yes, I believe they have their quarterback. Steven, you can fight me on that. I, I am a Dwayne Haskins truther. Have been since he was sitting behind that bum JT Barrett. And... Yeah, I said it. People can hear it. A bum, JT Barrett? I'm tired of it. We're I know it's an NFL show. I'm going to take 20 seconds. I'm just really tired of the fact that JT Barrett couldn't throw the ball downfield, had Joey Burrow, had Dwayne Haskins sitting behind him, and neither of them started. Thank God we got to end up getting our ass kicked in bowl games because JT with Barrett was there. Thank God we beat USC 21-7 to or whatever the hell it was. Or 24-7 in the Fiesta Bowl. Nobody cared about that game. We could have been playing in a playoff and point asking was there. But I digress. With that being said, the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins, Terry McLaurin, Chase Young, the three-headed Buckeye monster. It's going to be fun. They brought in Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio to make that defense look better. They have a future. The future's not here now. But they have a future. Get excited for the Washington, Washington football team. 7-9. Bright future. Steven, tell me I'm an idiot. I can already see it on your face. Oh, yeah. I've been looking at... I've been giving you this face for quite a while. It's even before the podcast, for the record. But like you said, I've digressed. <laughs> I got the Giants at 2-14. and 14. Agreed. Prove... You know, give me a reason why I think that it should be higher. Um, I got your uh, Washington football team at 3-13. and 13. Uh, I hate you. I mean, give me a reason. Give me a reason that I need to pick them to win. Dwayne Haskins, lightest weights in high school. So, like I just said, give me a reason why I should be picking them. So that bring. Oh my goodness, we're not going to have this argument here. I'm going to be civilized. I do have the Philadelphia Eagles finishing nine and seven and missing the playoffs because at the end of the day, yes, Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. He is. He's a very good quarterback. There you go. Yeah, I'll take I'll I'll backtrack on the great. Carson Wentz is a very, very good quarterback, but this man cannot stay healthy. He can't even stay healthy in off-season workouts. So how am I expecting him? He has yet to play a full 16 season game or 16 game season outside of his rookie year. I don't even think he played the full 16 games there. So it's hard for me to back a team when they came and get their quarterback have their quarterback stay healthy and what you think that if he gets hurt Jalen Hurts is going to come in ironically if he he gets Jalen Hurts do you think do you think all of a sudden number two their backup is going to ball I don't think so it's a completely different offense so I just I cannot trust him you know outside of Darius Slay who they inquired in the offseason from the Detroit Lions I cannot trust that secondary I can trust their O and D line but as far as that goes, I can't trust them. So I have Dallas, unfortunately, winning the division at 12-4 and four with Green Bay's former coach and Mike McCarthy. That offense is eerily, eerily similar to when, he, when Aaron Rodgers took over the offense in Green Bay when Mike McCarthy was coming in. He has a young quarterback. Maybe 
not as experienced as Dak was at that time. But he's got the receivers. If you remember back then, he had Donald, he had Jordy, he had Greg Jennings. Hell, you have Greg even Jennings. Greg Jennings. <laughs> Looking a lot like that now. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Mr. Michael Gallup. He's got the rookie C D Lamb. He's got a running back, Zeke Elliott. Even though he's had a couple offensive linemen retire, still a top five line in the league. So I think that's going to cause him problems. I think bringing in a fresh face like Mike McCarthy, I mean, even compared to... Ugh. Ugh. Jason Garrett? Ugh. I can't even... I didn't even want to say his name. He's the, he's the guy who just claps. You're down, you're down 20 with two minutes to go, and he's clapping, and you get to the sideline. Like, do you not realize that we're just losing this game, you ginger fuck? Like, stop <laughs> clapping at us and, t- and tell us how to be a team. But Mike McCarthy, not that I back Mike McCarthy up that much because t- towards the tail end of his time in Green Bay, he drove me up a wall. But new face, new places. I think Mike, Mike McCarthy will get it done here the next uh, few years. 12-4 and four for Dallas, winning the division. Not saying they're going to get far and finally get over that hump, but... Uh, I just have a couple notes I want to throw out before we move on to the Boy. next division. For one... How crazy was it that Jason Garrett had to have like a week and like three meetings to get fired? Like that, it was so uncomfortable that Jerry Jones kept bringing him in. It was just like, I guess we'll just come back and do this tomorrow <laughs> every day for like a week. I thought he was gonna keep his job by the end of it. Stage five clinger, Jason Garrett. Dude, it was rough, rough. But uh, on top of that, I wanted to point out, just going back a second, you mentioned what happens if Carson Wentz gets hurt. Do you know who's going to become a member of that active roster when he gets hurt? 41-year-old Josh McCown, the finesse god. The oldest person to be signed on a practice squad. You know. A hero in Philly, by the way. And let's clear this up. (laughs) Let's clear this up. Don't ever, ever dog someone for being on the practice squad. you know why? That's a $400,000 check right there. Yeah. I would... I w- hell, I would take a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar check to get fucking bum rushed by these O linemen of the of the Eagles, as well as the D line. Two hundred fifty k. Oh, what do you do for a job? Oh, I'm a I'm a human rag doll, but I get paid two hundred fifty thousand. And do you know who the Eagles are? Well, and there's guys too that are on these practice squads that people don't know for like quarterbacks. They don't have to be right there in the city. They get to live their own life. They're taking their own time. They have really relaxed schedules. And like you said, four hundred thousand dollars. And as a quarterback, he's wearing that red jersey. He's not getting hit. So I mean, this guy is out there, forty-one years old, living the dream, just slinging the ball around with some bros. And then if someone happens to get hurt, what's he gonna do? He's gonna wear go wear a baseball cap on a sideline for three hours each week and collect even more money. Josh McCown, I salute you, sir. Oh. Don't get me wrong, I love me some Josh McCown. I mean, if you if anyone's ever watched Blue Mountain State. BMS, baby. BMS. Alex Moran. Yes. That sir. is exactly who he was striving to be was Josh McCown. So kudos to you, Alex Moran. Trickle downs, baby. Trickle You're living down. vicariously through Josh McCown's life. And man, you are living it well, the days of life star. Yes, sir. And what's finally Let's get up to the dirty NFC South here where I think this division is going to cause problems outside of the Carolina Panthers. Shout out to my boy Dylan Watts on that one. Wally, how do you think this uh, NFC South is division is going to shape up this year? 
All right, see, well, you and I were talking about this before the show, but the Saints, to me, are without a doubt the best team in the NFC. They're my one seed. They're thirteen and three in my eyes. I'm. I know we disagree. At least I believe we disagree on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just don't buy into all this hype that we're hearing. I think Brady is not Tom Brady anymore. At least not the Tom Brady we thought of. He's still very intelligent. But yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike Evans with the dinged up hamstring. They had a terrible uh, secondary last year. I just can't get excited. Yeah, their their run defense was insane. It was incredible. They have weapons all over the field on offense. I think they're a playoff team. I think they slip in as a seven. I don't think that they're what most people want to think they are right now. But, again, maybe I'm proven wrong. We'll find out week one. I know we're going to talk on it here in a minute when we get to the bets. But I'm really big on the Saints. I think that they're going to run away with this division as much as you can run away when uh, I have the Bucs going either 10-6, 11-5. So, I am all about this Sean Payton and Drew Brees' potential last two Raw as Super Bowl contenders. Steven, do you agree with me, or am I kind of suspecting you're big on Tampa Bay like most of the other people in the world are right now? Of course you know I'm big on Tampa Bay. Are you Are you serious? They got Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. It's like, it's ironic, you know? Think got, of you to say that as a Packers fan. I just respect it. Now, if you're going to... If you're going to talk to me about the most athletic quarterback to ever play it, Mike Vick. Aaron, Mike Vick. You said you said athletic. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers athletic. got that ring. Yeah. Aaron, tell me Aaron Rodgers isn't athletic, though. He's athletic. You said most athletic. Mike, you tell me. Where's Mike, Mike Vick's Vick. ring? Where's Mike's Vick's, where's <laughs> Mike Vick's ring? There's differences. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Michael Vick ever was. Michael of course. Vick was so much more Then what athletic. do you want me to say here? Dude, did Aaron Rodgers have a... Uh, a video or what was it a commercial where he was riding a roller coaster the Aaron Rodgers experience of course not that was Michael Vick no, no get out of here no, Aaron Rodgers he has... is an outstanding quarterback not even close to most athletic who are you give me that ring though and it's the only ring that he's gonna get but I digress we're eventually inevitably going to get to that moment but you know I disagree I have Tampa Bay I have them going 13 and 3 I have them winning the division, going in as the number two seed in the NFC. Reasons behind that. They have the ship in their end zone, correct? Yeah. It's Noah's Ark. Tom Brady has two of everything. He's got two wide receivers he can choose from. He's got two tight ends. Hell, he's got three tight ends he can choose from. He's got two running backs that he can play with. Damn, that's clever. Hell, (laughs) and now he even has Josh Allen. We'll even throw that in there. I'm completely kidding about that. R.I.P. to him, though. (laughs) But I have Tampa Bay coming out 13-3. and three. That defense that you are so sketched out about, of course, they had one of the best defenses and rush defenses in NFL history last year. Mm-hmm. I believe a top 15 in NFL history that no one really talked about because they were on a field the whole time because Jameis wants to throw 30 what was it, 33 interceptions? Not even 30. He just hit 30 touchdowns to make the 30-30 club. I think it was the other way around. I think he just hit... I think his walk-off pick six in Week 17 last That's year... That's what it was. Yeah. I'm completely wrong. Yeah, in overtime. Okay. In Week 17, it was a walk-off pick six to put him at the 30-30 club. Man, that was a sweet moment what in a sports great history. Year. What a great year. By the way, though, you're right. Why would I need a good pass defense when I play Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Drew Brees and Michael Thomas twice? Or four times a year. Don't worry about that guy, huh? But anyways, I'm I'm just not high like you are. Tom Brady isn't. I mean, last year, I know that the system's different. But everything's underneath. His arm strength seems a little off. 
who knows, maybe maybe with all the weapons, we can get a resurgence for one or two years. I just don't buy it, Steven. Talk me into it. Their defense. Their defense is what's going to come up and stop them. Obviously, they have their front seven, not too shabby, led by Shaquille Barrett, who led. He was close to leading this, the league in sacks last year, but from weeks 10 to 17 last season, the Tampa Bay secondary posted the third highest coverage grade as well as the most incompletion passes with 44. Who'd they play? Uh, Probably the Saints. <laughs> Probably the Falcons. Probably the, I remember they put the Lions oh, at one oh, point but, too. But if they're getting burned by those same teams the weeks before, then they, then they still suck. So I cannot win with you, Walter. We'll revisit. We'll revisit. We, of course we will revisit. I have money. I have a future on Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl. Why'd you I, give away money, dude? I'm right here. You could. I love charity, me. and you know that. So that's exactly what I did. The charity is called my bank account because I got some electric bills to pay and everything else to pay. I have Tampa Bay 13 and 3, New Orleans right behind them at 12 and 4 coming at, in at the number 5 seed in the NFC. And here's my fun little twist. I also have the Falcons 11 and 5 as the 7th and last wild card spot in the NFC. The Falcons, it's time. It's their time. Dirty Birds call him Julio is about to go off this year. Calvin Ridley's about to have he's about to make that third year leap. They're, they're getting their defense together. It's going to happen. I mean this with the utmost respect. You're an idiot. No. No way. No way are the Falcons. First of all, do you realize how how many things have to go right for three division teams to end up with nine wins, let alone 11 each? They'd have to all go four and two in division, trade off wins, and then you'd have to have that top seed basically run the table elsewhere. I mean, it's just, this would take a dream scenario, and I just can't do it. I mean, how many years in a row has it seemed like we keep doing this, Julio Jones is bound to break out. This year's the year they're going to throw to him in the red zone. Why haven't they been throwing it to him in the red zone the last five years? Kyle Shanahan left, and so did the common sense on this team. The worst thing that could have happened for the uh, Atlanta Falcons, and for the record, I think Dan Quinn's a great human being. I really like him. He's going to do great somewhere else. And the players love playing for him. They do love playing for him, and that's the problem, because he is not good enough to win the Super Bowl. They have regressed since Kyle Shanahan has gone with effectively the same roster. I'm done. If I'm a Falcons fan, I'd be pissed they started winning games at the end of last year. I want a new coach. Get me a kind of coach sweepstakes. No, over. And that's also a shout-out to my boy, Evan Desiker, who had that exact same reaction. He's like, I don't even want to win. Like, let's just get a good draft pick. Let's let's clean house. Let's do whatever we need. But that's who I have. Sorry you have to deal with it. (laughs) It's time for your division It is time for my division. NFC North. So, of course, you know, I'm going to let you walk with this one, bud. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll walk before uh, I'll walk so you can run, so to speak. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So here, I'm going to start off on the bottom. We're going to work our way back for you here. The Bears are a dumpster fire. There's no quarterback on their roster right now. As the old saying goes, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Well, they don't have a quarterback. The Bears are going to be at best a four or five win team. Yeah, they have a decent defense. Khalil Mack, yeah, he's awesome. Bears, or I was going to say thanks, Bears, for Josh Jacobs. You can suck on that. Five and 11 at best for them. No big deal. Wouldn't worry about them. They're a wash. They're out of the picture. You go turn around. The Lions, 
since when have the Lions ever done anything? It doesn't matter how talented they are. And by the way, I don't think they're that talented. I also think Matt Patricia is a career coordinator, and he has no business being a head coach. 7-9 at best, they're out. Gone. To me, this is a battle between Green Bay and Minnesota, and I can see it going either way. I really could. What I believe it's going to come down to, which is unfortunate because that first matchup between them is week one, but it's going to come into head-to-heads. And I have a feeling that the Vikings are going to be able to at least squeak one out, and I think that's all going to or be, going to be all they need to win this division. I have them going eleven and five and winning, and I have the Packers making the playoffs. I'm still high high on them. It's Aaron Rodgers. Everyone's happy with him, but I just don't quite see them being able to hold off the Vikings this year. I have the Vikings as a three seed. Oh, I misspoke. I have the Vikings at 12 and four actually, and the Packers at 11 and five, which is probably too high for both of those teams. But I'm going to stick to my guns when I did this the first time. I have the Vikings win division. Packers getting in as the five seed. Steven, tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me that you're, you're cheese heads. Tell me that Everybody else doing Lambo leaks, the 4,000 of them that are going to be allowed in that stadium are going to be celebrating a division title this year. Well, first off, I'm really hoping that they're just going to have a packed house at Lambeau. First of all, it's the only, come on, you know, the only publicly owned NFL team I just stadium. realized, imagine a Lambo leap with no fans. How sad that'll look. No, it looks sweet. Uh. <laughs> and also, they're all going to allow, they're going to allow all their fans in there because they're all in close quarters anyway. It's all, Green Bay is a cul-de-sac with about... You know, I don't know, 200, <laughs> 300 houses, and everyone stays in close quarters anyway, so it's just... It's a year-round tailgate. It's the new norm. It's been their norm for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm i kind of... I'm the same with you, obviously, about the the Bears, what's up, Fonz, as well as Detroit. A little bit flip-flopped. I have Detroit going 4-12. and 12. I know that, same as Julio, everyone always talks about it. They do the same thing about Matt Stafford every single year. I mean... The kid can ball, but ever since Calvin Johnson left, I mean, he just can't get anywhere. Not that he even could get anywhere with Calvin Johnson. Um, four and twelve, maybe. I got Matt Patricia staying maybe by week eight. I I even have to check their bye week of when exactly their bye week was. But if it's a later bye week, give me week nine or ten. He's gone by then. Chicago Bears. Like you said, dumpster fire. For some reason, Mitch Trubisky won the quarterback job, which I don't know if that's in between Nick Foles not being not really being that good or his lack of preparation because of the shortened OTAs and everything. Sure. So I'm not really too sure about that, but Fonz, I'm sorry, bud. This is this is nothing new that I tell you every single day that we talk about these two teams. Uh, I just don't see him going anywhere. Khalil Mack, they're probably going to end up trading him because they realize how horrible your team is and they can maybe train him, train him somewhere that could actually use him so they could win instead of wasting their prime like he did with the Raiders and the Bears. What's I knew up? the Raiders were smart to trade him. Knew it. <laughs> exactly. You're a genius. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not what I said. It's fine. So I, I actually switched it up. I switched it up a game uh, from when we actually did our show at school. So I have Minnesota at nine and seven, coming in second, missing the playoffs in the NFC North, and I have Green Bay at ten and six. They're going to go five and one in the division, and they're going to lose the opener to Minnesota. Okay. Because Matt Lafleur is a joke. You feel good about that, huh? Oh my goodness! Oh, I cannot deal with that man. Well, okay. Well, so you are winning a division. 
Oh, I probably should talk into the mic. That'd be good. Yeah, you can tell we're rookies here. This yeah, is good. Yeah, Well, here. Okay. So, obviously, you have them winning the division. I have the Raiders going to the playoffs. We both are coming off a little homerish. So be it. You have a little bit more right to call the Packers making the playoffs and Raiders fans do, if saying they do. But I think instead of going the route we were talking about, I think now it makes a lot of sense to go conference title games and Super Bowl winner. And then we're going to jump into our award picks for the year. But I guess, Stephen, for you, first of all, you're a Packers fan. You just said they're winning the division. Are the Packers in your NFC title game this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Unless we can stop the run, which that this season, if we can prove we can stop the run, then maybe. But the last thing I need is for Green Bay to go to the NFC title game and blow it again, just like the last three times they have. The last two times when they played last year against San Francisco, then back in the year, what was it, 2016 when they played the Falcons. Oh, when the Fa- Lord, 2016. Yeah, exactly. When uh, when Tom Brady made that 28-3. Uh, and three. That's, I mean, that's all I have to say, really. And those games I couldn't even be excited because I knew that we're going to get out. I, I knew Green Bay was going to get their ass whooped. But Seattle ripped the heart out. But I don't even want to go to the NFC title game unless I feel comfortable enough. I'm okay with losing. I was okay with losing to Seattle this year. What in the wild in the wild card? No, I guess in the divisional round, I would have been okay with that because I knew that San Francisco was going to mop were, us. It, yeah, it's not even your fault. It was just San Francisco's a wagon of a team. Everybody knew going into it, they're complete and. I know it was a different style of running attack that did you in, but it was very eerily similar to that Colin Kaepernick 49ers NFC title game against you guys where it felt like every other play was a read option where Clay Matthews got sucked in yep. hard. I was going to say, like yep. Dorothy's home and the Wizard of Oz every single time <laughs> right before Colin Kaepernick breaks off like a 40, 50 yard run. So I just hate the 49ers so much. They just, they have just ripped my heart out so much the past decade. It's between, I mean, you even, I'm pretty sure you even have an Alex Smith team in there. You have the Colin Kaepernick's team teams in there. Now you have this with their, with their ridiculous defense that they do have. It's just sickening to me. So Not to mention, I truly do believe Kyle Shanahan is a top five coach in the NFL right now. I'm so high on him. I would do I would be thrilled to have him be my head coach. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? I have the pushover Matt LaFleur. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the dude's like the dude's like Roger Goodell. He doesn't react until someone else reacts and then he'll feed off that energy. Like he can't make his own decision for some reason. He and he and he just looks lost on the sidelines. Oh, we're going to run. Aaron's like, no, we're not. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Aaron. We're not going to run. It's like, Matt LaFleur, went, just grow a pair, please. I'm just, uh Well, I guess. Worst they, hire. Worst hire. I could yeah, not be more upset. Happy about it. I could not be more upset. I was so pissed. To, I would rather keep Mike McCarthy at this point than have Matt LaFleur. Well, okay. Well, then I guess then the question turns into is what is your NFC? What is your AFC matchup for the uh, championship weekends? For the AFC and NFC? Yeah. And then, honestly, you want to spit your Super Bowl while you're at it? You can, and then I'll jump in right after with my picks. Well, let me do that. So, AFC, of course. You know I have the Ravens, and you know I have the Chiefs. You have to. For the record, I have the same, so we can kill two birds with one stone there. 
Literally. Literally. Oh, wow. Great point. Well, well, well just one. Well, I'm going to kill the bird. I think you're putting the bird in the Super Bowl, aren't you? I'm putting the bird in the Super Bowl. The purple bird. See, that's where the, I'm different. The Eggert Allen pose. There, there you go. I was going to say, I'm going to actually, unfortunately, go with the Raiders division rival, the Kansas City Chiefs, with a bid to possibly repeat. And, and for my NFC title game... I'm not going to pick the Packers. I'm not that much of a homer. I have them winning the division. That's as far as I will go. I have Tampa Bay upsetting. I don't know if it will be an upset. I guess it will. They will be the number one seed San Francisco 49ers. So I got the Buccaneers facing off against the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl. Okay. See, for me, and I have, again, if we're going to be in the NFC South to give a an NFC Super Bowl bid, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. They were my number one seed. I told you I'm really high on them. I even have, for the record, I have Tampa Bay even winning in their uh, wild card round. I just don't see them with their quarterback play. I love Tom Brady uh, as a competitor. I think he's an outstanding, he's the best quarterback of all time. But father time's undefeated. I think that we saw him start declining last year. And even with all the weapons they have, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think they fall short. I have New Orleans beating, get this, Dallas. I think Dallas, with Mike McCarthy and that offense, they needed a spark, someone new, calling plays. I really like it. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to fit in great there. I, 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 former Raider Amari Cooper's a stud. Zeke's my boy from Ohio State. That offensive line's still great, even without Frederick. I love Dak. Well, let me rephrase it. I don't love Dak Prescott. I got too much on the love train. Start throwing that word around a little too loosely. I think Dak Prescott is more than competent enough to lead a team with as much star-studded t- talent on offense that they do to a, a conference championship game. Nowhere near good enough to beat the Saints, though. And I'll just keep it here for mine since we already had it. Kansas City, New Orleans in the Super Bowl. I have them both as my one seeds going in. So I went a little bit chalk. I know I'm boring. That's who I am. I'm Again, I'm Ray, Reggie Rain, Rain Cloud. You'll get used to it. It happens. I'm miserable. So in the championship, I'm going, unfortunately, again, with the Kansas City Chiefs to repeat. I think we're at the beginning of a future Patriots dynasty-level event. Pat Mahomes is ridiculous. He, he's absurdly young. It hurts. It's not fun to watch because they're so good. I do not know where to even start trying to find a hole in this team right now. Great coaching, great quarterback play. Even the defense is functional. I I got nothing. Steven, tell me good news. I know you picked the Ravens to beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game. Let's hear who your Super Bowl champ is. You already know who it is. It's Tom Brady and those Buccaneers, man. I don't care what you say. Yeah, Tom Brady... He's old. He doesn't look like he can throw anymore. Yada, yada, yada. But for how many years, it feels like since Randy Moss left, have we been saying he just doesn't have any weapons? And now he has weapons. He arguably has the most weapons he's ever had in his whole career. I think that you could argue uh, the only year would be the undefeated year, which would help your case, too, and be like, look what happens when Tom has talent. That what I know... Aaron Hernandez, not a great person, but he was a great tight end. He was a great tight end. Inside those inside those white lines, he was great. That's all I'll say about that. And then that was a young Gronk on that team, was it not? It was. It was a Gronk. And then, again, Randy Moss, an absolute stud. And they had Wes Welker, too. There was just talent all over that field. So, I mean, I don't blame you. So, 
Maybe you're right. You seem a lot higher, and you have good reason to be high on this team. Maybe it's just me being, I don't know, maybe it's 18 years of loathing and dislike for the Buccaneers since that Super Bowl that's leading me to feel this way. I'll hand up. I'll admit that. (laughs) Yeah, but now he's in Tampa Bay. He's got some heat. He's not up in, you know, near Foxborough where it's snowing and he, and, he, and he's old and he's getting arthritis and his joints are stiffening. No, now he's in Tampa Bay. He's limber all the time. He's going to be fine. He's going to be the MVP. He's going to win the MVP. That's who my pick is. As well as they're going to win the Super Bowl. And it's going to be great. Did you just say he's your MVP? Did you say he's your MVP, like season MVP? He is my season MVP. Well, that's a perfect segue again. Let's go right into our, like, yearly awards. You have Tom Brady as your MVP. That's fine. I guess we'll start with the MVP, Steven. It's your world. I'm living in it. I will pick for my MVP. I'm also going to pick what is the quarterback of the team I'm picking to win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes. The guy is a joke. He's so good. It feels like a creative player in Madden. Even in Madden, the creative players aren't as good as what this Patrick Mahomes is right now. It's disgusting. Every time they're on the field, I'm convinced they're going to score a touchdown. I was getting shit from Steven earlier today because literally like three plays into the opening drive, I was like, oh, well, it's 7 nothing. They didn't score. They should have if, like, you know, Robinson held on to the ball. But, again, not a big deal. That team's ridiculous. It's unfair. Patrick Mahomes is MVP. I'm going to then... I'll jump to a coach of the year for us. And the reason I picked this man for coach of the year is because of the job I feel like this is going to take. I have Bill Belichick winning coach of the year, which is kind of similar to when you have guys like, when Ohio State coaches don't win coach of the year because it's like you're in a Big Ten, you're supposed to win. Bill Belichick has kind of been forgotten about because all they do is win. If he wins a division title this year, I think it's one of his best coaching jobs ever. Nine and seven where you've lost... The greatest quarterback of all time. You have half your defense opting out because of COVID. And then on top of that, the Bills are an up-and-comer. So if they manage to win the division this year, I think Bill Belichick has to be reasonably considered to win Coach of the Year. Steven, who's your guy? Well, first off, MVP Tom Brady, plus 1,700. Ooh. Nice little nice little 20 spot. I think Good it, value there. I, think it, I believe it was for around 540. That's great value. $20 for $340. Sorry. Check that. $340. As well as I have Tampa Bay plus $800 to win the Super Bowl. This was this was pre-Gronk as well, pre-everyone else. Well, it sounds I was going to say that you have uh, quite a few fish in this barrel for you. All the chips are in the But I also have $10 on Aaron Rodgers winning MVP because I must. But if I really had to put a true stamp on on who I think is going to win MVP. I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to be awesome. We're going to see a three-peat of MVPs. MVP, Super Bowl MVP last year, MVP, regular season MVP this year, potentially Super Bowl MVP mm-hmm. as well. So I'm not sure. Coach of the year. Coach of the year, Mike Tomlin. Wow, I like that actually a lot. I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin because, A, he was getting a lot of recognition last year, but because he fell short of the playoffs, which which sucks for him because he would have made the playoffs this year, but he had a lot of recognition. I think when he gets Big Ben back and they potentially, you know, I have him at 10-6, and six, but they can potentially be better. You never know. Big Ben with a year off, losing weight. He looks good. He's slinging the ball apparently the same. He has a run game, obviously not as equivalent to Le'Veon Bell, 
you know, but he has the next best best thing in James Conner. And that defense is that defense is something else. Since they inquired Micah Hyde, they were top three in basically everything if they weren't the number one rank. So that defense is only going to get better. They're bringing back everyone else. All the younger guys are a year older. So I think Mike Tom is going to coast them up, and they they could potentially be better, and you can see him as a candidate, if not winning at all. I actually think that's a great pick. Uh, you, you just hit it on the head. I wish coaches got more recognition if they missed the playoffs. Because just because you made the playoffs doesn't mean you had the best coaching year. And last year, I think you could make a case for both Mike Tomlin or Brian Flores to having a legitimate reason to win coach of the year. They both, with their situations, completely overexcelled, completely overachieved. You can't tell me last year. Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, those guys played for 14 weeks. And yeah, the schedule wasn't the hardest in the world. It doesn't matter. If you're playing for a playoff spot in Week 17 with Devlin Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, Mason caved-in head Rudolph, I just I, it was a huge thing. So, yeah, I actually like that pick a lot. Good call, Steven. How about, uh, I don't know, you either pick. Either Rookie of the Year or Comeback Player of the Year, uh, and then we'll come back and I'll, I'll, we'll do Snake Draft. So you got it. I'll do Comeback Player of the Year so you can talk a little bit of Rookie of the Year because I feel like we're – in the same realm with that one. Comeback player of the year, you know. You know I got to keep on this bandwagon. My boy Gronk. My boy Gronk is going to ball. He's looking good. He's not wearing the big bulky braces anymore. Probably, I don't know, give it to week three or four. I'm sure he'll be putting them on after a couple live hits, a couple weeks of that. So I have Gronk winning comeback player of the year. Cannot wait for it. Oh, man. And shout out to Camille Kostek. God. You're gorgeous. I love you. <laughs> I love the fan, fan shout out there. I appreciate that, Steven. But I'm going to actually, you you already were talking about the team a minute ago. Comeback player of the year. To me, this is the easiest award to hand out. It's going to be Big Ben. Big Ben is looking healthy. You just hit on it. The guy looks healthier than he ever, or he's ever been in the NFL. He's lighter. He's slinging the ball around. There's a ton of zip on his ball right now. I think he's a slam dunk, especially since I think they're a shoe in to make the playoffs. They might not win the division. But they are a shoe-in with seven teams to make the playoffs with that defense. And you know how a lot of these awards, unfortunately or fortunately, they're team success too. You're not going to win comeback player of the year if you're a 3-13 team in your Big Ben, even if he plays decent. So the fact the Steelers are going to be good this year, I think Big Ben's going to benefit greatly. Now, I'm done talking about the Steelers and good things for them. Let's go to Rookie of the Year real quick. Uh, for me, again, if there's one sport that you guys are going to find out that I'm a homer in. It's college football. I'm a Buckeye through and through. The rookie of the year will be Chase Young. The dude is a freak of nature. The guy looks like he could have been in the NFL at 14 years old. So now that he has physically matured to this point, I mean, you've seen it on Instagram. You've seen it on Twitter. You've seen every video coming out of the Washington football team's camp. The dude is dominant. He is Dominant. Yeah, I know he's doing camp body left tackles wrong. I get it. The dudes, they, they, you don't forget how to play football, and that you cannot teach that size and that speed and that ability. So for me, Chase Young, Chase Young is a slam dunk, slam dunk rookie of the year. Steven, who's your guy? You took everything away from me. Good. I was gonna. I was also gonna pick Chase Young. I'm gonna shout out all my OSU boys here. Chase Young. 
It's it. I have not seen any other videos of any any other rookie except for Chase Young. And my goodness. And if I do, I'm not even going to be phased by it because the things that this kid is doing already, he's destroying double teams in the NFL. I don't even care if it's second or even third string linemen. Third string linemen are equivalent to at least the Big Ten linemen that he was facing. And dominating. <laughs> and dominating. So I have Chase Young. It's going to be – he's going to be so fun to watch. Another notch in the OSU D-end tradition that they have coming out. And shout-out to Mr. Lukashensky here. He interviewed the next DN that's going to be coming out of Ohio State, Mr. Jack Sawyer here. Oh, stop it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make sure we get that interview, uh, our hands on that interview. I appreciate that. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get it on here at some point. Uh, it was a blast. He's a great kid. It was, uh, it was fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. But now, well, now that we've given you the picks, now that we've given our division winners, our playoff teams, we are going to real quick run through this week's schedule. We're going to give you the winners. And after, we might give you a better two to keep your eye on. But first, uh, we have to just say, you're going to have to take our word for it. We both had the Chiefs tonight. People weren't going to not pick the Chiefs on banner night. So we're both 1-0. And if you don't like it, you can turn it off because you can suck it. But anyways, next week, we're going to get that out of the way too. When the scheduling, the Jets if in the Bills, you're going to hear their name twice. It's because we're going to pick the Thursday night game next week. We don't have a line for them yet. But we're going to pick the winners so that you guys can keep track of that as well. But... Anyways, Steven, you have the schedule up in front of me. Let's go first. This first week, or obviously stay in Ohio to start it off, the Browns and the Ravens. Is there any chance that you can see the Browns pulling an upset? Or are you kind of sticking with the your Ravens here? Your number one seed Ravens here. Well, this is the thing. It's week one. I, I do believe that the Ravens are going to beat the Browns. But the spread is plus seven and a half, which is always interesting in the NFL. If you have a plus three and a half or a plus seven and a half, you almost always want to take the underdog in that scenario. Because if they if they go down by one score, that half point is still saving your ass right there. But I do not know if that half point is enough to sway me to pick the Browns. So I'm going to have to go with the Ravens on this one. In covering, you're saying? And covering. Wow. Okay. Or I would go as far as at least buying down a point, make the straight seven and a half for the odds to be minus one twenty, or straight seven, I should say, to minus one twenty. Get down to six and a half, and even make it what minus one forty, one fifty. Definitely worth it. Buy buy the half point. It moves down to minus one twenty. Put a, you put a little extra cheddar on it, but I think it's going to pay out. Worst comes to worst, if they win by a touchdown, you get your money back like nothing happened. Absolutely, I, I actually completely agree with that. I I really do like this Browns team, but I think it's going to take a little little bit of time, especially without preseason, for Stefanski to get everything in there. But <laughs> I would take the uh, Ravens. I don't know. It feels like a, a ten point win. I'm going to follow it right up, too. So we both have the Ravens. Uh, we're going to go to the Dolphins and Patriots game. Patriots are at home, minus six and a half favorites. I'm taking the Patriots to win this game, but if I was going to bet it, I would take the Dolphins to cover that spread. I think it's going to be something kind of like one of those 24-20, 24-21 games. So I'm going to definitely uh, – I'll take, like again, Patriots, but Dolphins cover. Steven, are you kind of in the same boat, or are you a little different than me here? I would I would take the Dolphins on the spread. Completely agree with you. If I'm not mistaken, 
the last Dolphins win was against the Patriots yep. last year. And again, that didn't matter. If it didn't matter, then why is, why is Tom Brady even playing? Well, as I say, that Patriots, if they win that game, they might have a bye. Exactly. And they messed that up. So I'm going to take the Dolphins plus six and a half. Let's see if Brian Flores can keep on this trend. So we're going to flip it here. This is the most interesting one to me. The Buffalo Bills hosting the New York Jets. The over-under is 39 and a half. That looks like the peak... Kaepernick Niners versus the Seahawks over under right there. It's always at 39 or something like that. So it was always a 3-6, 9-6, 9-3 type of game. So Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, the spread is minus six and a half in favor of the Bills. Minus 110, of course. But the over under is 39 and a half. Wally, what are you thinking? Do you think that the under would hit? I know one of our buddies was saying that that would hit no problem. So what are you thinking? See, I would definitely take the under here if I was going to bet it. Uh, it's it's weird how Vegas has a way of doing it where if they get over-unders up near the 50s or into the 50s or down in the 30s, you kind of want to bet with the extreme. Now for, it, it literally just feels like they're daring you. So it might not be the best move sometimes, but I definitely agree with you. This feels like a game. I'm picking the Bills to win outright. I actually think... If I was going to bet it, I would take the Bills minus 6.5 because I think they are going to win. This feels kind of like, and I know I'm going right against my word. Again, I used the word earlier. I'm a pigeon. I'm a joke, so my bad. <laughs> I This feels like a 24-16 to 16 win, which would put it right at 40. So I'm saying the over as soon as I said the under. So completely ignore everything I say. And, and just reiterating how much of a joke I am. No, absolutely not. We're not retaining that. We're leaving that in, too. The <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Will win. They will win by more than six and a half. But I suppose I would take the over now that I'm saying it out loud. Steven, are you, or I guess what are you doing here? And then we'll keep it right up. We'll talk about the Raiders next. Oh, are we talking about the Raiders? I didn't realize we're going to be covering them. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hit the over on this. I can see like a 31-10 type deal. Wow. The, the Bills just kind of going out a little bit, having two. Well, I can, Bills cover. So we have the same the exact. Cover. We have the same picks with the spread and the same money line picks at this point. Parlay them together, baby. I was gonna say we're gonna have to keep our eye on that now. All right, fine. We'll go to the Raiders pick here. We got the lot, the Las Vegas, Las Vegas, the, the Vegas. Vegas. They're minus three. Being hosted by the Carolina Panthers here. That's a minus three road favorite. Go Raiders! Let's go. Yeah, no plus. I would take that. Minus three on the road. I'm going to go Vegas minus three here. Actually. Oh, come on. False. <laughs> I can't go against my word of what I just vouched for on the plus three, plus seven. I'm going to go Panthers plus three at home. Teddy Who's your Bra- money line pick? You picking a Panthers too then? No, it's plus three. Worst comes to worst, I get my money back. I think that game will be decided by a field goal. Worst comes to worst, I get my money back. Also, so how about you just buy half a point with the Raiders? Why would I do that? <laughs> get your field goal win then. You could be happy. Yeah, but they're the same odds. Uh, whatever, fine. All right, so you're, you're, you got the Raiders to win, Panthers to cover. No, I never said that. I would just take the plan- the Panthers plus three. Never said the Raiders are going to win. Well, but yeah, but we, we're, we're picking money line and uh, points, so you got to pick both. Yeah, I'll take the Raiders to win. I'm just fucking with you. All right, good stuff. That's what I like to hear. See, I'm so... I'm, I feel like we're on the same page. 
and I feel like Vegas is on the page, same page with us too, is I feel like the Raiders are going to win. I feel like they're at least a field goal better. But I think there's somewhere – this feels kind of like a 24-20 game. I think that people are over or underestimating the Raiders' defense while potentially overestimating their offense this year. Um, you're going to see times where the Raiders don't score a lot of points. It happened last year. They haven't proven that they can adjust well after the opening. Uh, the scripted plays come through. John Gruden struggled with that since he's come back. I hope it changes this year. We have way too much skill in offense now. There's we again. Sorry. But, yeah, we definitely have way too much skill in the offensive side of the ball. So, I, I'm going to take the Raiders, but I'm going to I'm gonna lay the points, too, with them. So, this is our first disagreement. I have the Raiders covering. Um, Steven has the Panthers covering with the Raiders win. I'm going to keep going uh, myself now to help speed this along. The Seahawks and Falcons going to Atlanta. I have, and by the way, that is a minus two and a half road favorite Seattle uh, Seahawks team as well. We're going to find out here in a second because Steven, Mr. 11-5 Falcons man himself, I'm interested to see where he goes, but I'm going to keep it simple. You you lay, or you hammer the, the Seahawks here on Moneyline and take the points too because they are going to win by more than two and a half. Steven, tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me the, the Falcons are going to go go 16-0 and and win the Super Bowl. I'm ready. No, not 16-0, but they're going to cover that spread. Seattle's only going to win by two points. Ooh, you have a two-point win. So you're calling Seattle. That's two bets in a row that you were taking the sp- like the underdog spread-wise, but you're taking money line on the favorite. That's bold. You have to. You have to do this. Atlanta, this is always a fun matchup. This is the matchup we talked about killing two birds with one stone. That's what we were trying to allude to there earlier. But this matchup is always fun. Russell Wilson on the road. Seattle notoriously doesn't play on the road. And the Falcons notoriously pump crowd noise into their stadium. So it just doesn't matter if there's fans or not. There's going to be crowd noise there anyway. So they're going to do that. Falcons plus two and a half going to cover. I think it's going to be one of those weird games, like a 2018 game, like one of those. And you're you're like, what the hell? How did this even get to this? A Chris Brown-Swanee score. Exactly, and then you look at it, and you're like, "Oh, it's a Seattle game." They always, they always end up like that. So, I call them covering, and Dirty Birds call them Julio. I need him to go off from my draft pick. Shout out to future Dilfs of America Fantasy League who allowed Julio Jones to drop to me to basically the third round. So, thank you. Well, then we're gonna go right after the Washington Football Team has their first ever home game. You get it. It's a terrible joke. But anyways, like the team. Yeah, like most things I say. The team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. The Washington football team is hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm about to shock the world. This is where I'm going to have my first upset pick. I alluded to it earlier. If you guys don't like me picking the Redskins, you should turn off now. Because there's something wrong in my brain. That has convinced this Redskins, ah, the Washington football team, team is a wagon. This is a good team. I love them. I love Haskins. I love the offense, and I think the defense is going to be much improved. They are plus six at home. I know that there's going to be no one there. I don't care. Not only are you going to take the Redskins plus six, you're going to sprinkle on that money line. Because the Washington football team is going to beat those scumbags from Philly. And it's going to be great. I'm feeling a, this feels like a 
24 to 19 kind of win. You want to talk about an ugly game? That's what this whole division is. It's just ugly football nonstop on that disgusting FedEx field lawn where it's all chopped up. It's probably dirt already with no one on it since last, what, November, December. So, I know you, I can already tell you're laughing at me. You're going to pick the Eagles to win. I don't care, Steven, but tell me, tell me you've got the Redskins to cover. Ah, the football team. You guys are going to put up with us for a while. No, they're going to have to put up with you for a while because this Washington football team is going to get stomped on by Philadelphia when it comes Sunday. Look at all of the Eagles' starts of their seasons. They always start hot, then Carson Wentz gets hurt, and then they bring in Nick Foles or someone else. And then, yeah, or or the gorgeous Josh McCown. What What is he, 141 or just regular 41? He should be. But I have the Eagles covering the minus six, no problem. Hell, I'd, I'd even think that they were, they would cover double that. Wow. They're de- on my boys, man. The Eagles, the Eagles defense is newly established. They got what? Nikel Robbie Coleman. They got Darius Slay from the Detroit Lions in a trade. So their secondary is not like it was last year. It's going to be a little bit better. And that front seven, like I said, that – Front seven, their D-line, and as well as their O-line are both filthy. Not saying that Chase Young can't break through. I think that he can, but that's going to be a tough first O-line to face in your NFL debut. So we're going to move on. I got the Eagles You're wrong. covering the six. It's cool. It's fine. T-W football team. Uh, F. The one. Yeah, they got Red Hawks or uh, Red Tails. They need they need to rename it the Red Tails. I, they need to do something. I'm falling apart already. Steven, go ahead. I'm sorry I cut you off. And then we got the Detroit Lions against the Chicago Cubs. Well, Chicago sorry. Cubs. I got a smidge on my computer. Bears. Well, they play like Cubs. We got we got plus three. Chicago is the underdog at Ford Field yep. in Detroit. I don't know how I'm feeling about this, Wally. That's the one I've been kind of uh, preaching on, that type of spread. Who do you got? I want, I want you to go first. Okay. You know, you want to say the, you know I want to say the NFC North picks for me last. That's, that's fair. Completely fair. I get it. I'm going to be the same way the other way around. But here, here's the deal. The Lions are going to win this game. Uh, I, I know Mitch Trubisky has traditionally played well against the Lions. This ain't Thanksgiving. There ain't no turkey walking through that door. It ain't going to happen. The turkey that's walking through the door is Mr. Trubisky. You're 100% right. And Nick Foles will be starting by midpoint of this season. And it's unfortunate because Mitch seems like a good kid. But he's not a good quarterback. And I think that you're going to see, at least at the start of the year, you're going to see a very hungry Matthew Stafford trying to prove himself again. So I not only do I have the Lions winning this game, I have them covering. I don't, I'm not going to say covering easily. This feels like they're going to win somewhere in the neighborhood of Four to ten points in that range. And it will be a game throughout, but the Bears just don't have it. I don't like their quarterback room, and that's a problem. So do you want to make uh, you want to make a side bet right now? Oh, I'd love to. So by what week do you think that Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears? I have him by week six. I was oh, – see, it's going to be tough to make a bet because we're very close. I'm just going to say – by the time their seventh game is completed, I don't know if they have a bye week before week seven or not. So set it at six and a half? Yeah, I'll take over. Okay, I'll take under. 21. Uh, 21 I was throw 100 and 
Hundred thousand on it. <laughs> there ain't no commas. In yeah, was, yeah, was so, yeah, was so twenty on there. Twenty. That no probably co- seems like a good bet. Yeah, no commas till we get some sponsors. That's the only. That's the only thing. No free ads. So we'll jump into my boys. You know I had to grab the mic for this one. Yes, you did. Green Bay is visiting Minnesota, where Green Bay is a two and a half point underdog. Money line is plus one twenty. Over under is forty five. So I don't know what to think of this game. To be completely honest. This one's hard. Minnesota typically starts slow, at least in the Kurt Cousins era. Dalvin Cook is obviously very good. Adam, you think? <laughs> Adam Thielen is could be good or is good if he wants to stay healthy, you know, compared to what he was last year. Justin Jefferson is a rookie. He's basically playing in the same offense because if I do remember correctly, the offensive coordinator from LSU is now working in Minnesota on that coaching staff. So he knows the offense pretty well. And apparently he got it down very quickly. So it's basically like Stefan Diggs was never there and they got a bigger, faster, better version of him. So that game is very tricky to me. I would take if I was gonna take anything, I would take Minnesota minus minus the two and a half. Favorite, dude. It's one of the toughest. I understand why it's kind of a thinker. This is, it might be the hardest game to pick because every bit of my brain is telling me Vikings, but there's just something about the Packers where every year they start as an underdog. They go on the road against a division opponent. Last year we saw it against the Bears. The Bears were something like a five and a half point favorite against the Packers last year on opening night. The Packers beat them like fourteen to three. It doesn't make sense all the time, but the Packers show up in these situations, and I guess this is where you know where your true allegiances lie. Because if I was just picking for right now, just picking, no money involved, I'd pick the Vikings to win this game. If I was betting on this game, I'm putting my money in Aaron Rodgers' hands before Kirk Cousins' hands any day. So I guess for the sake of this, in the heated moment, I've flip-flopped in the last five seconds of my own brain. I'm taking the Packers' money line to win this game. So not only am I taking them plus two and a half. Taking I'm the taking, Packers' money line. I'm taking the Packers' money line to win this game. It, it, it's just it, it's so stupid because like I, I am backpedaling on my own, but you see certain teams where, yeah, yeah, I know you just pointed. I, I picked the, the Vikings to win. I've changed my mind the last 20 seconds. Like, we, but but the thing is, everyone's picking the Vikings to win this, and that's classic Packers. Typically, the Packers start off very slow in their season. Outside of what they did last year, and outside of what they did in 2011 when they started off what 13 or 14 and now, they typically start off one and two, a two and three, and then they have the one game. I remember specifically in 2012 when they started off. It was like two and three or two and four, and they played Relax. the and they played no, that wasn't then. Okay, but they year. they played the Texans one year, and that was the, it was they were two and three, and they played the Texans like Monday night or Sunday night, and they absolutely blew them out, went on like an eight game winning streak. That's what they do every year. But now with Matt Lafleur, it's completely different. I don't know their schedule isn't their schedule is way harder in the beginning of the year than they were than it was last year. But the Vikings, I mean. I don't know. It's always a t- it's a division game. It's always tough. It's in Minnesota. I know there that there is no fans, but they're still gonna have stuff going on. So every time I bet on Green Bay, they usually rip my heart out. So I'm gonna bet on Minnesota minus two and a half, and 
Let's go pack. See, yeah, and I and I get what you're saying for sure. I was just saying more or less that, like, I was just backpedaling the, or I I said the pack or Patriots are going to win their division because they're the big bully, and until Buffalo can get over the mountain, I won't b- believe it. But then I turn around and say the same thing about this division, where the Packers are are king of the NFC North. They have been and will be until it's proven otherwise. I'm I'm betting on the Packers. Um, I think they'll win. That's my pick. I changed it last minute. It is what it is. But that's no problem. We're going to, real quick, I'm sorry to have to change the subject from your cheese heads, man. But the Colts traveling to Jacksonville were both low on the Jaguars. And, and this isn't a Colts team I'm in love with at minus eight. The Colts are definitely my money line pick. They're the team that will win this game. I think because it's week one and how bad Jacksonville has been getting absolutely dog-walked in the media, I think they're going to show up and be competitive. I'm going to take them plus eight just because I think they're going to lose by a touchdown and be competitive week one. If this game happened four or five weeks from now, I think I disagree. But, Steven, what do you think? Do you think I'm on the right path here? I think you are. I agree. I don't know if I would per- – I'm going to personally take the Colts minus eight. My boy, Phillip Rivers, NC State. Yeah. <laughs> So I cannot disagree with Philip Rivers. So I'm going to have to take him on this one. But I completely agree with what you are saying for your Jaguars pick. It's week one. Yeah, if this was week six and they're 0-5, then it's going to be – they're going to approach this game way different than, you know, the beginning of the season. So I think that they can be competitive. It is a home game. I know – to set the record straight, I know, I know that the home – advantage now you know this year is not going to be as great as it is but at the end of the day you are sleeping in your own bed when you're at home and that is an an advantage in itself oh absolutely uh it it is a major advantage but i guess that's going to be we're at the end of the day this this only matters for money we both have the colts it's going to be a colts win you're right home field doesn't matter but travel does matter sleeping in your own bed matters I know you're not technically in a bubble, but they're, they have very strict rules right now, so it might as well be. So I don't actually disagree very much there, but I guess we should move along. Let's give some hope or, I guess, tear down dreams of the Bengals fans here in Ohio. They host the Chargers on Sunday. They're three-point dogs at home right now. I've got to be honest with you. This is a game, if I wasn't going to pick the Washington football team, this is the team that I was most looking forward to an upset here in week one. Joey B's been electric in camp. I know it's camp. We don't get to see it. The Bengals' defense isn't great. But neither is that offensive line. I know they can't touch him. But he's been just finding Auden Tate. He's been finding TJ Boyd. He's been finding AJ Green, who's healthy for the first time in several years. I think the Bengals not only cover, I think the Bengals win against a already banged-up Chargers defense because, of course, they're banged up. They're the Chargers. They're never not. And they're without Philip Rivers. So regardless if this is if this is a Herbert or if this is a Tyrod Taylor start, I don't see them getting a win, even in Cincinnati. Steven, do you feel a little hope down south where we're going to get a little promise from Joey B, or is it going to just be more of the same in the last couple of years? Oh, white boy Joey Badass here. He's gonna ball this. He's gonna ball this. Uh, this game, at least this year. Maybe not this game. If I should. I should one retract. One, you know what people are gonna go in Cincinnati? They're gonna start like getting tattoos, Super Bowl champs twenty twenty on their body. You know it's coming. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do know who day. It's, <laughs> who day, baby? 
Uh, who day hasn't won a playoff game since before I was born? So <laughs> the I want... Bo Jackson game. People don't ever talk about that. The curse of Bo Jackson, baby. Not my problem. No, and I'm oh, I'm so glad it'll never be my problem. Anyway, Joey B, you could not possibly face a harder secondary as your debut in the NFL. Now they're not gonna they're gonna be without Derwin James. He's hurt again. So best that, safety in the NFL, by the way. Is he? That's my opinion. How? What in the in the six games he's played in the last three years? So he's Dude, the best he's safety. He's electric when he's on the field. He's when so is he talented. on the field? I just when said when he's on the field. field. What do you want from me? I'm 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 asking you a question. When okay, is he on the right, field? All right, all right. Well, I guess for you. What are, are you ahead of him? I, I, Jamal Adams. I could entertain that. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. I I could hear the argument, but no. Who else are you gonna put above him right now? I'm talking about like if you're starting your. I get he's hurt. He gets he's banged up all hurt. the time. He's always hurt. And I probably got to be thing. careful saying that just because. Jonathan Abram with the Raiders, I think, is going to be a stud when healthy. But I think he's going to get banged up because of his style of play, too. Earl Thomas is the best in the league, but now he's without he's without a football team right now, which I wanted to get to at one point. We'll get to it at one point or another. Well, I was going to say, you don't have to worry about Earl Thomas. He's hanging out with his brother plenty right now, so he's good. <laughs> oh, how much do you think? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably should change the topic there. <laughs> Got a little sideways. <laughs> so we'll go. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Bengals plus three. Joey B making his money debut. Money line too. I, w- I wouldn't take money line. I take Chargers win. Bengals cover. Chargers money line. Bengals cover. I think. Uh, uh, that's like. A, I think that's a game that you take both those and then you just. Make your money back on them. You just push. Yeah, I was going to say, unless you get lucky, and it's one of those games where like the Bengals lose like a 27-26 kind of game. So I guess, Steven, we're going to head over and look at the Arizona Cardinals, who is probably the most talked about team in the NFC West this year, build up. People remember how, uh, I mean, there's teams like the Browns last year were talked and being hyped up really hard before the season. The Cardinals are six-and-a-half-point dogs. are going to the defending NFC champions home at Levi Stadium. Instead of uh, candlestick, haha. What do you think uh, is going to happen? I'll, I'll be honest up front. I think that you have the 49ers win this game and cover. Steven, you think that 49ers cover six and a half? Or do you think that the Cardinals might actually live up to the hype a little bit? I believe that the Cardinals are going to live up to the hype. How could you not believe that they are? Kyler Murray had a great rookie year. I mean, hell, he had. Almost 4,000 passing yards. Yeah, sure, he had 12 interceptions. He had 20 touchdowns. That's really not bad for a rookie. No. 12, 12 picks is really not that bad. No, not at all. I'm sure I'm sure I can I can name a, the most notable rookie uh, to throw almost twice as much as that, if I'm not mistaken. Peyton Manning? It has to be Peyton Manning. Yes, sir. How many was that? Dude, he was in the 20s. He was in the 20s, and not to mention, I, I don't want to start a war with Browns fans or not Browns fans. But Baker Maker's thrown quite a few picks, and he was even in his second year. And I think people need to just take a deep breath with both. Because I'm a big, like, hey, let coaches, like, prove that they can, like, coach or not in, in the NFL, in college, whatever. I'm the same way with quarterbacks. If you're going to spend a number one pick on a guy like Baker Mayfield, or now if you're a Cardinals fan, on a guy like Kyler Murray, you want to give them ample time. You want to give them plenty of weapons, which credit to both of those organizations – they surrounded these quarterbacks with plenty of weapons. So, I'm actually encouraged by both of those guys going forward. 
I'm like I said, I've got the 49ers. I'm not excited like you are with the Cardinals being like legitimate threats to win that division. But hey, how about you? Uh, do you think that the not? Well, I guess you just said that you have the Niners winning, but you got the Cardinals covering. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the plus six and a half just for shits and gigs. Okay. You have to. Why not? It's DeAndre. I love watching DeAndre Hopkins. Grateful. Two years ago, he did not drop a single pass. Grateful. I think last year he dropped what, like four or five. So over the last two years, hell, I think Both over. Regressing. <laughs> you no shut no. <laughs> that fifty-four and a half million would say something different. They're seeing something that we have already seen, and that man puts in work. So I got DeAndre Hopkins balling. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Cardinals plus six and a half, and I'm even gonna ride with their money line. No way. Why not? It's week one, week one divisional game. You never know. That's very true. That's very true. Speaking of week one divisional games, this is by far the biggest one that we have, the most anticipated one at least. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans is favored by three and a half points. Buccaneers' money line is plus 160, over under 47.5. On this particular one, I'm taking Saints. I'm taking Saints on this. I'm taking Saints' money line, and I'm taking the over on this. Wow. As, as, as great as the Saints' defense is and how much, how much you've been preaching the, Saints, preaching the Saints' defense and how much I've been trying to talk up the Buccaneers' defense – those two quarterbacks are just going to duel. Week one, they're both ready. Drew Brees is coming off another season where he got the shit end of the stick. Tom Brady also kind of got the shit end of the stick up in New England with the number one defense, but still did on the offensive side of it. And I think that they're both ready to ball and show that they that regardless of how old they are, they can still ball. And this has to be the oldest matchup in NFL history. Yeah, that's actually a great point. We were just looking it up a minute ago. Vinny Testaverde and Brett Favre in the Minnesota years. Old, old uh, time of Brett Favre there. Where they combined for 82 years. We'll double check, make sure that it was right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the um, Drew Brees and Brady are both in their 40s. One thing we can say is that both of them are being in their 40s for the first time. That didn't happen in that Brett Favre and Vinny Testaverde matchup. This game should be... It's different, too, because it's it's both Super Bowl contenders at this stage in their careers. And most time when we've seen stuff like this in the past, it's more or less the victory lap for these guys. But with that being said, I am picking not only the Saints to win this game. I think they blow them out. Uh, I think they win by at least two scores. I'm almost willing to take the over purely on the Saints alone. But... Uh, I, I'd probably avoid it just because I think the final score is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 31-17, which is right at that 47.5. So I'd avoid it, but I will take the uh, I will take the Saints and I'll take them covering. But then we're going to switch over from, uh, from one group of possible Super Bowl contenders in the NFC to at least another team in the NFC that has a shot. We're going to go with Dallas at the Rams. I'm very low on the Rams. You heard me say it earlier. I think they're a four and five win team. So not only am I going to take Dallas in this game, I think they're going to send a message. Mike McCarthy's coming out. He's been hungry for a year. He's been coaching with his staff on the side, prepping for games like this. So not only do I think they cover three on the road, I I think they again 
talk about another blowout. I think we might be looking at something in the neighborhood of like a 34-14 game. Steven, I know you gave me big eyes right away. So do you, you obviously think it's going to be closer, but who do you have? Do you have the uh, Cowboys covering minus three? I do have the Cowboys covering minus three, but man, that is a large score, 34-14. I mean, that's you're giving a lot of credit to the defense. For sure. Absolutely. And that's, I think, a little bit too much. I mean, what has this defense? I mean, their front seven has improved a lot. They did lose Gerald McCoy because of an Achilles injury. But they what? They got Don Terrio Poe. You know, they obviously have all the Demarcus Lawrence that's already there. Are you buying your Cam Akers and Jared Goff stock then? Because like, I just I don't got it for them. I just don't trust that offense. McVay is really smart. But, I mean, you have to have the players to coach, man. Yeah, but McVay has the mind to be able to coach. He's had a top 12 offense the whole time he's been the L.A. Rams coach. L.A. Rams, St. Louis. No, he was strictly L.A. I was going to say Jeff Fisher. My guy Jeff Fisher was there in St. Louis. He this came, he, and, he was the fir- and he was the first year for L.A., if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like Jeff Fisher was there at the end of the St. Louis days and was there to usher in a new one there in L.A. My guy Jeff Fisher, Mr. 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. But, Steven, we are going to jump over real quick to, I guess, uh, one of the final two games this week, and it is a Monday night game. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be visiting the New York Giants, and the Steelers are minus six. I don't... I don't know if I... Put the rent on it. I, okay, I'm glad you Put said that. Put the rent on it. This is one of those lines when you look at it, and you're like, like yeah, uh, there's a trick here. But it's, it's like week that, one. Yeah, well, it's the, well, what's going on? What have I missed? Do Steelers not only cover this game? I, I, I'm tired of using this. I feel like the last five minutes, all I keep doing is they don't only cover, they blow them out. But what about this, this Giants offense makes you think they can score points against the... Steelers defense. Saquon Barkley's one man. He can't block and throw the ball into himself, too. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, like I said, Steelers minus six. Uh, Big Ben's back. To be honest, I think I'd take the over. This feels like a game where the Steelers are going to put up a lot of points. What about you, Steven? Do you think that the Steelers, uh, the Steelers, cover minus six? Your Pittsburgh Steelers, if I'm not mistaken, Wally. (laughs) I would, if I would pick each out of all three of these categories, I would take Giants plus six just for kicks and gigs. Steelers money line minus 245, and I would ride the over as well. I feel like the, I feel like the line is a trap, but the over is just sitting there so what, waiting to be hit. I guess my question for you is more or less, uh, what do you think or where do you think the Giants points are going to come from? Do you think Saquon just manages to have a day against his front seven or – do you think that maybe Daniel Jones is for real? I think I think Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, baby. He's a solid quarterback. I mean, he's a very young quarterback. But you have to remember that it's week one. There could be there's busted coverages all the time in the NFL, let alone in week one. That's when they happen. There's happen. been no preseason. And there's been no preseason. There's barely been any offseason training in general. But you always have to put that into the equation. So I don't see the Giants scoring maybe more than 14, maybe a 17. I see like a 31-17 type deal coming out of this game, but I'd ride the over. About 31-17, you kind of did what I just did. You you pretzel-mined yourself 
to contradict your own pick. I literally did. <laughs> screw, screw it. Ride the Steelers. Don't touch the spread. Let's go. That's Steeler, what Steelers line. money line all over. Yep, absolutely. And then I guess our last for this first week, yes. we are in a second. We're going to talk about the, uh, I said earlier, Bills and Jets. Ignore me again. I'm a pigeon. I'm a joke. But the Steeler, or the Bengals-Browns next week is a Thursday night game. We don't have a line for that yet, so we're just going to pick it here in a minute. But to finish out week one, the Titans are going to go to Denver for the late-night Monday night game. What has really stood out to me that I usually would just hammer the Titans in this. What people seem to forget is the Titans are an East Coast team. That East Coast team is going to have to travel to the Mountain West and play a 10 o'clock kickoff or 10:20. Let me let me say that 10:20 click or kickoff at high altitude with no fans. It's hard for me to sit here and believe that the Titans are going to be able to get up for this game. So regardless of Court and Sutton got hurt today, I think that the Broncos are going to win the game. And which I mean in its own right, it means that I'm taking the the Broncos to cover because they are plus two and a half. So Stephen, do you uh do you think that the altitude? Do you think that the East Coast to West Coast at a 10 o'clock start? Hurts the Titans, or do you think that they're too mentally strong and they get past the Broncos? And remember, Titans are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. The time difference should not be a problem. The altitude is always a problem when you're visiting, mm-hmm. especially at our weight. My goodness, is oh it horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Ugh. Anyway, Broncos just losing Von Miller on a huge injury. Oh, good catch, too. On, on the huge uh, what ankle injury, puts him out for the season with that surgery that he has. Mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb is an emerging star, but that def- the rest of the defense is kind of suspect. I mean, it's recently, I mean, it, it's basically rebuilding. I mean, a few years ago, you had Chris Harris. You had keep Tlaib. You had, uh, I mean, not even too long ago, you had Champ Bailey, Vaughn Miller healthy. It's certainly a new-look defense in a new-look day and age in Denver right now, for sure. Um, Yeah, I I don't know, buddy. I'm just going to take the Titans on this one, minus 2.5. I know it's on the road. We'll see if Vic Fangio wants to start his season hot. He did not start it so hot last year. But the Tennessee Titans, they were road warriors last year. We'll see if they want to continue that to start their season here. Can I throw a prop bet out there? I'm going to. Let's do it. I'm going to throw a prop bet out there. If you can find a bookie that gives you a Jadavian Clowney sack at half a half a sack or more, you hammer the over. Jadavian Clowney is going to show up. I think he's going to have a big first game. I'm really big on Mike Vrabel. I think he's going to really try to slow this game up. A lot of running from Derrick Henry. Uh, if the Titans do win this game, it's because they controlled the pace. They controlled the, the line of scrimmage. And I think Jadamian Clowney gets a sack, Steven. Speaking of pigeons, on the pigeon for <laughs> hyping up the Titans, you know, being in the wild card spot and never even mentioning Jadavion Clowney in that in that argument about how their D lines improved a little bit. The secondary I mean, zone has been happened, good. What a couple days ago, so I don't blame you. Before we end here, I do have to leave you with the with the question. Earl Thomas, is this man ever gonna get signed again? Is he going anywhere? What's the deal with this dude? I think Earl Thomas is far too talented and far too valuable to not play another snap. Um, I mean, he was a great fit in Baltimore, but credit to them. They're they're changing their culture. They're changing what they're trying to mean to the rest of the league, so I don't blame them for it. 
But, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that he's back. I mean, if you can have guys less than five years removed from a Greg Hardy playing after what he did, uh, I, I, I don't think there's any question. I mean, we're still several years removed from Josh Gordon getting suspended for smoking. Smoking marijuana. So, crazy. Oh, the drug that they don't test for anymore now? Yeah, thank God for that. And poor Josh Gordon, because if he had been around earlier in his career in this NFL, who knows what he could have put up. But yeah, I completely uh, do believe that he will be back. And before, Stephen, I want to get your opinion if you think Earl Thomas gets back. But reminder, we are coming back, and we have to give our Thursday night uh, scores for next week in the Browns-Bengals game. We did find a line, credit to Stephen. Found one on Bleacher Report. It's probably going to change throughout the week, especially with what the results happen on Sunday. Take that with a grain of salt. We're looking at it right now on Friday, September 11th at 3.08 a.m. So you guys get to at least get to feel the struggle a little bit here from us as we sound drowsy and falling asleep. But the Browns, seven and a half point favorites against the Bengals next week. We don't know what happens. I think we both picked the Ravens to win. You picked the Chargers to beat the Bengals. I picked the Bengals. But either way, this is a matchup you would imagine is going to leave most of the country a little disappointed. But here in Ohio, it's going to be awesome. I would love to sit here and tell you that I think it's going to be not necessarily a a pretty game. I just think it's going to be one of those ugly AFC Browns-Bengals games that like a 16-13 just disgusting display after a good opening week from both Joey Burrow and uh, Baker Mayfield. But So I'm going to pick the Bengals to cover. Browns win next Thursday. So you get two questions here, Steven. Earl Thomas, is he going to play again? And then who are you going to pick? Browns minus 7.5, Bengals plus 7.5 next Thursday night. Earl Thomas. I'm trying to think of a team that would use him. And there's a there's a lot of teams that could use him. But for some reason, he is not getting any friction right now in any free agency. Ever since his release, you have not heard a single word about anything. Which makes you wonder if there's more to it. It does make you wonder. I mean, obviously, you alluded to the brother joke earlier. We, I think we all know about that. If you don't, just type in Earl Thomas, brother, dot, 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 and you'll find something very funny. And then you have the fact that, A, his teammates weren't even liking him after he was praised in Seattle for being a great teammate. And then, B, he misses a team walkthrough because he has to get his car washed or he has to get his hair cut. Like, come on. You're supposed to be a leader. You cannot do that. And when you hear stories like that, you have coaches, you have GMs, you have upper off, you know, uh, people in the upper management. Upper, upper management is exactly. You have them all talking, so they're all going to hear about that, which makes them not want to sign you as a player. For the Browns, seven and a half favorite over the Bengals. I'm going to ride that all day. Ooh, so you hammering the Browns. Absolutely. The Browns are a they are a poor man's buccaneers. They also have two of everything. They're just not as good of things. Two wide receivers. They got two tight ends. They got two running backs. They got Baker. He's he has a bunch of weapons. I think Kevin Stefanski is gonna do a great job this year. If he can deal with getting the ball to Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and maybe occasionally Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. Then it, then they can figure it out. 
I don't mean to go off the cuff for you here, but I, I mean, of course. you have Austin Hooper and David Njoku too now. Like, do you think That's that? What I'm yeah, with two tight ends, the way Stefanski ran his offense in Minnesota, you would have seen with the with the as a Packer fan, you get to watch them a lot more than we do here in this part of the country. You would imagine that Stefanski's actually going to do really well with those kind of weapons in the tight end room, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they run. They'll run a, some two tight end sets, but they will run a lot of one tight end, eye formation, those types of run plays. So they have the Browns do have the pieces to be able to complete that offense and arguably better pieces on the outsides for their skill players, I think are way better than anything Stefanski had in Minnesota. Even better than Stefan Diggs, like Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, like you said, Austin Hooper, even David Njoku, whenever he feels like he wants to be healthy, he's a great weapon. Well, he's he's an incredible athlete. Uh, he He's not necessarily a great blocker tight end that you'd like to see, but as a guy that can become a, a, a receiver threat, I mean, he should be good in theory for six, 700 yards a year. So I, I, I am excited to see Stefanski, and I don't blame you for hammering the, the Browns minus 7.5 next week. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but I'm glad you are. So you're taking the Bengals plus seven and a half, or are you waiting for the line? Uh, I'll, I'll wait for the line to be respectful, but like, just realize that if you're wa- or listening back to this next week, if the Bengals are a touchdown or fewer uh, underdog, I would take the Browns. If the Browns do hover around that seven and a half or higher, I'm going to take the Bengals to cover in an ugly game. For me, if there's anything out of that, I would take the under no matter what. Because, I again, I, I think that game's going to be a 16-13 game kind of like range, and there's no way you're going to get a line north or south of 30. So if, if you get anything south of 40, hammer it under. Yeah, you have to. Those games are typically so ugly. Even though Baker Mayfield has much of his success there, Cincinnati had one of the worst pass defenses last year, one of the worst in NFL history. So you got to think that that's where they're going to have one of their most successful games in. So I'm going to have to hammer that over as well as the Browns minus 7.5 again. I doubled down on it. Wow. See, and that's the best part is that that's going to be a fun one to actually watch next Thursday and come on and immediately immediately talk after. Concerning the fact that you just picked the Browns a cover and the over. Right after I adamantly said the under, and you even said it seemed to agree with me, and you're like, yeah, you know what? The under sounds great. Hammer the over. And I'm like, oh, cool, 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 cool. That sounds great. Fuck you, Wally. I deserve that. That's fine with me. I'll take it. But uh, well, we do appreciate you guys listening to this first episode of Loss of Down. We are not going to typically have shows this long, but with the season preview, we wanted to give an in-depth uh of what we thought. And we also wanted to introduce ourselves a little bit for you guys um, before the next, uh, or over the next few weeks, we'll probably have a uh, better ways of getting in contact with us. Maybe a Twitter page, maybe an Instagram page. We'll figure that out. But we appreciate again, loss of down. You guys listening for the first episode, Steven, do you have any final thoughts for us? Go Packers. <laughs> Hammer the over for the Browns Bengals, just in spite of Wally. And just stay safe out there. I love it. And obviously, go Raiders. Raiders are in a cover. Never forget that. And for both Steven and I, we will see you guys next week.